What up, beautiful souls? You are listening to the New Perceptions podcast with me, your host, Ben Brown. What is happening? Welcome. Listen to those beautiful tones. That beautiful music you're listening to right now is being created and sent out into the ether by a wizard friend of mine named Marco. You can find him on Instagram at Reiki Marco. Go and check him out. Okay, this podcast, this one, it's a little different. Um, It's very different to the rest of these other podcasts I've made, I think. It kind of feels like a like a season two, a little bit like Spiritual Emergency 2.0. I wrote this one and it took me weeks to write it. And I don't normally write the podcast. I normally just kind of flow them um, or have a guest or whatever. But this one, I wanted to write it out because I wanted to be clear with the words that I was using and the language that I was using. And I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy with this podcast. Um, it's been rewritten over and over again and I've read it and felt like it wasn't very authentic so then I've added a bunch of vulnerability and some stories and then a few woke bro cheat codes that may or may not be useful I don't know, let me know I speak about a few things that I think are worth speaking about right now regarding this chapter that we're in and I share some ideas and really just had a great time kind of gathering my thoughts onto paper and then out onto this podcast. I say having a great time, it has been a journey for me (laughs) creating this little transmission that I'm sort of birthing into the world, it feels like. Um, So yeah, I've kind of added a few little sound effects and things into this as well, which has been inspired by a few of my favorite podcasters like Duncan Trussell, and I had a lot of fun in post-production with this. Let me know what you think. I'm, yeah. I feel like it was just kind of a nice way to add something a little bit light-hearted into quite a deep conversation with deep topics. Um, they're also quite confronting topics, maybe. I don't know, you tell me. But yeah, they're in this transmission and life can be really serious sometimes and I take life way too seriously. Often I catch myself like, just have a laugh, like bring some joy into this whole situation. Healing journeys can be super serious, Um, yeah, shadow work and uh, all of this stuff. And yeah, it's important I think to remember that as 50-50, like as much as everything matters, nothing matters at all. Um, I think I speak about this in this podcast a little bit. Probably, I seem to have spoken about everything. It's the longest podcast I've done well done if you get through it I don't blame you if you take it like three or four sittings and I hope you enjoy the sound effects in this podcast the sort of experimental uh, expression of the voices that are in my head a little bit sometimes let me know what you think about that I'm excited about that I start out a little bit shaky in the beginning of this podcast a little bit anxious um, and then I kind of settle in and find my flow especially at the end when I'm talking about sort of decoding the consciousness of ideas through our physical bodies and how incredible these spacesuits are that we are inhabiting but um, really the backbone of this podcast is about leaning into and trusting 
the process of change. And try to remember, please, with this podcast and the content within it, it's not to be taken too seriously. Remember that I'm a dude, some woke bro with a podcast. And always best to get out there and do your own research in the field rather than taking podcasts for gospel. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by you guys. This transmission is beautifully crowdsourced through Patreon. And if you want to get involved and check it out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Brown, where all donations are lovingly received with the deepest of gratitude. Thank you to all my wonderful Patreons, my little community, helping keep this thing going. Um, When those donations are received, I take them and I... I basically do a little ceremony where I smother them in multiple layers of good karma in in like a little package energetically with my um, with my Reiki consciousness healing powers that I have and I then ingest it through the pores of my skin and then telepathically transmit that karma package through the astral realm to you the donator where you receive them probably down through the crown chakra or depending on what kind of yoga position you might be in at the time maybe up through the root chakra so go over to patreon.com forward slash benjam brown and check out maybe the journey tribe tier where on this tier you'll have access to exclusive video content some stuff I'm sharing about what I'm learning on my healing journey, some practical spirituality stuff sometimes, mostly just me kind of talking about mindfulness and woke bro stuff. And uh, you'll also have access to a private Facebook group where I do live streams pretty much every week. That's what I'm aiming for anyway. Oh, and you'll get free shipping on all future merch. So go on the internet and go to patreon.com forward slash Ben Jam Brown check out our community maybe join in for a month or two if you don't like it you can always unjoin and I won't take it personally come and check out some of the content our little community and help me keep the content flowing you know and also really importantly help me in validating my own existence <sighs> okay let's do this podcast right the date is the 10th of May 2020 and I want to start by saying that as you listen to this podcast whoever you are wherever you are my intention is to send out positive and optimistic vibes through these frequencies from a place of love throughout this podcast I'm going to be sharing as usual some of my own recent life experiences some feelings and some thoughts that might be worth sharing regarding this pivotal chapter of life on earth It is not my intention to add to the already massive flow of fear-born digital and metaphysical frequencies that are circulating right now. And I want to also say that I'm so thankful for all the podcasters out there putting out corona content that has been soothing for me to listen to. It's been calming my anxiety uh, through reassuring and informative sharing. I really appreciate that. There's a lot of fun content out there that has really helped put a smile on my dial and made me feel okay about not always feeling okay 
during this weird fucking chapter of being a human being. So my intention for this podcast is for it to be easy listening with maybe some relevant information from sharing my own experiences, maybe not relevant at all, who knows, maybe I'm just freaking out here in my own unique way that nobody can relate to, stuck in lockdown, living deep in the depths of my neurotic mind, long forgetting what it was like to swim in the ocean or dance through the mountains or even make career development plans from a place of relative certainty. I hope you enjoy listening to this mix of me talking about myself, random spiritual, pseudo-spiritual tips that sometimes help me feel like I'm not going crazy, plus some bonus woke bro cheat codes that will be sprinkled into this transmission, likely to be delivered with a little bit too much confidence, grounded in very little evidence. Who knows if I'm making any sense at all? And do not, for God's sake, take anything I say as fact. Always best to get out there and do your own research. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, Soul Family, how are you doing right now? How's the family holding up? Are you in full lockdown? If so, what's that been like for you? How's it been for you? How are you? Um, If you're feeling called to, after this podcast, or maybe even pause it now, just maybe sit in a quiet space for a few minutes. And without judging yourself, just check in with how you're actually feeling. If you haven't done this for a while, I can highly recommend it. Just a little check-in and observe your emotional state. Always be kind to yourself when you're doing this. Bring loving awareness, as Ram Dass says. Um, for me, full lockdown here in Cape Town, South Africa, started off quite the adventure with all the uncertainty, each day feeling like we're living in some weird movie. Um, and of course, that's been from a very privileged perspective. But that in itself has also led to such deep feelings of gratitude, deeper than ever, for what's unfolding completely out of our control during this chapter and least of all to mention, entering into a new relationship. But as the weeks roll on and I find myself navigating my internal habits, I've sometimes been feeling trapped, often creatively blocked, sometimes hopeless, sometimes detached, useless. We've been living in isolation now for many weeks, maybe like six or more, I don't know. But yeah, it's been a roller coaster flip. I've been experiencing such a big range of feelings over the last few weeks. My mind responding to this chapter of uncertainty with anxiety, some depression coming back, fear. I often feel the emotions as part of the collective as well, especially after like the president announces a lockdown extension or something like that. It feels like swimming through a thick soup of anxiety. Um, Curious to know if anybody else who knows that they're quite empathic has also been feeling that. Although to a certain degree, I am used to these feelings. Um, I've not actually felt anxiety this frequently or this deeply for a while, which has sometimes led me back to being stuck in my head. And then that kind of like is disabling me physically and mentally a little bit. And then at the healthier end of the scale, I've been giving vibrational avalanches of love, compassion, gratitude, 
and I'm often full of hope. But sometimes there's this lack of like self-confidence I'm experiencing recently, which is really kind of quite depressing. Something I'm personally moving through. Usually I kind of find um, I'm used to being so confident. And, and so I find myself kind of in spiritual emergency 2.0 at the moment, to be honest. Um, I'm doing a lot of leaning into, into source, the source from which everything comes, the frequency of love on my spiritual journey. I usually find kind of nuggets of hope in my spiritual practices when I actually remember to do them. I've been getting used to the feeling of uncertainty as well, like I'm sure a lot of us. But yeah, this has been a really testing time for me and I'm sure many of you can relate. And I know for a fact there are millions of people who are moving through much, much more challenging, challenging changes in their lives right now. And I honor you all. Moving through all these emotions has been expansive and somewhat overwhelming highlighting some unworthiness patterns for me along with other sort of unhealed aspects of myself. And to be honest, I've sometimes been lingering my mind in my mind, contemplating sort of what is the point of all this suffering we put ourselves through and each other through, not sort of really able to come to a super satisfying conclusion yet other than that we, I guess, are here to experience the feeling of love which even in the smallest dose can make a, all the suffering worthwhile, thankfully. I'm surrendering to the unknown each day as it blurs into a week. Um, and already we're almost halfway through 2020. That's crazy. Time is warping. And so I look to find sort of comfort in any little moments of gratitude I can be present for, like cooking a nice meal, listening to music, dancing around the flat, holding each other through these weird times with no certainty about anything really, just knowing that it's not going to last forever and sort of sinking into that healing vibration of gratitude as often as possible. Just grateful really for this opportunity to go inwards. So yeah, that's me checked in. I hope you're taking care of yourself. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever challenges you may be facing, I honor and celebrate your tenacity. Keep going. So, <laughs> it seems that this is not a drill for any of us, like especially those of us navigating mental health issues. Um, if ever there has been to, a time to like step fully into self-love mode, this is it. This is me reminding myself more than anything. Uh, I think a lot of this podcast is kind of that vibe. I'm writing it to myself mostly. I find I'm far more able to like help myself and those around me when my self-love game is strong. The old put on your own gas mask before helping others vibe is pretty real right now. Everyone has their unique self-love practice and coronavirus has really tested my commitment to my own, to be honest. We are, as a species, in a global public health crisis. We have, well, we have been for a long time now, and there's now this virus has kind of taken advantage of that. Um, at the time of this being recorded, so much of the world is in lockdown right now under instruction by our leaders. In response to this COVID-19 pandemic, borders are closing. Preparations have been made for weeks now for like these 
crazy worst case scenarios. <clears throat> the official numbers are like three and a half million worldwide cases or something. I haven't checked in a couple of days. And um, last time I checked, it was at sort of 230,000 people have died after having tested positive for COVID-19. So we are in the throes of a very significant collective trauma right now. Um, and I believe a global awakening. Um, it's happening. And yeah, a lot is happening. There's very little most of us can actually do about it. And uh, other than to stay indoors and do as we're told, I suppose. But for many, it's a scary, weird time to be alive, myself included. I'm scared. It's weird. And just when we thought it was getting weird enough down here on Earth with the rise of like super celebrities politicians revealing the truth of how kind of fucked up the governments are and climate change issues and now we're all being forced to stay in our houses and trust our leaders to lead us to safety what is going on i yeah i'm sure i'm not the only one that's feeling like this is weird man the fragility of our old systems as well as our dependency on them is kind of being revealed too along with any sort of compromised physical or mental health issues that might leave many people uncertain of survival through this. I doubt there are many of us that are not feeling this contraction right now, both emotionally and economically. And I certainly don't want to bypass or downplay the extreme challenges and alarming shifts we are moving through. And it almost feels unnatural for me to sort of take an optimistic standpoint sometimes, but I'd like to remain focused on the opportunities that I think we are being presented with right now, since it's really kind of become the foundation of my trust that all of this is meant to be happening, to have faith that there is far more going on than we know. Optimism is my best friend. <sighs> so, I'm probably going to be taking a few deep breaths through this, <laughs> feeling a little angsty. That's okay. So it's pretty clear that we are all, to varying degrees and infinitely unique ways, I suppose, being invited to go inwards, to confront any fear that we might be feeling, to transmute that fear into love and heart-centered action, firstly for ourselves and from there in service of our loved ones and the collective. But the scary bit for me is realizing that we must kind of let go. I'm having trouble letting go of this illusion of control. like when you think you, you have relative control over what's going on in your life. I'm having to relinquish the idea that we ever had power to like fully control another person or anything external to us. Surrendering right now to the massive cycles that we are part of so that we can kind of focus on the things that we can control. So here's a woke bro cheat code for you. <laughs> From a place of self-awareness as a creator, we can observe that. Other people only have control over our internal worlds and our minds if we let them, if we give that control over, if we agree to it. In other words, we are being invited to reclaim our power. We never really had external control. It was an illusion. Many of us are really feeling the sort of painful acknowledgement of that right now. Definitely I am. But what it does mean is that we are sort of forced to go inward and focus our attention on what we do have, the power of our own minds, you know. We have the power to manifest 
our external world. We are always manifesting our external world. Um, and we can now focus on taking back all and any parts of that power that we might have given away working from the inside out to sort of better align ourselves maybe with if there's going to be a new world that is emerging from this uh, for the good of all I suppose let's take this opportunity to recognize and invest in our minds um, which create our thoughts and our beliefs which then through behavior create our experience um, I just want to share with you a well-known quote by Gandhi Keep your thoughts positive because your thoughts become your words. Keep your words positive because your words become your behavior. Keep your behavior positive because your behaviors come from your habits. Keep your habits positive because your habits become your values. Keep your values positive because your values become your destiny. As I share this, I'm like recognizing in myself that there are many aspects of my life that could benefit from more positive thoughts and some deeper assessment of what my sort of core values are. Like, what do I stand for? What's important to me right now? I think that's kind of what we're being invited to do is go inward and check in with that. Like, what am I doing here? Classic human stuff, really, I think. But um, just knowing your values and know that your habits and behavior represent those values sort of via a foundation of your thoughts and your words. I think it's really interesting. Um, this really just kind of highlights for me the importance of being mindful and having control over our behavior through that. Not being so easily manipulated by our own emotional reactions to our experiences of the external world that we have no control over. We also have control over our physical foundation of health, right? So that only really becomes a priority once we believe that we deserve to inhabit a spacesuit, space also known as the body that works at its optimal efficiency, I think. And optimal efficiency obviously will look different for each of us. We've all got different bodies. But our relationship with our body and the journey of healing comes down to honoring and loving the body and the mind. This human vessel, this blob of meat, the temporary gift that we have chosen to carry us through this experience of life on earth. And health is a choice. We are in control of the spacesuit. Let us honor this physical miracle by, th by treating it like it's the only one we're going to have, you know. Mm. <sighs> Can you just take a sip on my just tea? Take a sip on my tea. Mm. Take a deep mm. breath. Carry on. Okay. Doing really well. So, you got this. <sighs> That's it. Relax. You got this, bro. Let's talk about spiritual bypassing. This COVID-19 chapter has revealed to me a couple of ways I've already been spiritually bypassing. As far as I'm aware, spirituality is about growth and transformation. And spiritual bypassing is like any other form of avoidance from which we gain a temporary feeling of security whilst undermining and avoiding the deeper, less comfortable path of self-growth and transformation. I'm really good at finding ways to avoid the deeper, less comfortable path, <laughs> even though every single time I end up leaning into the discomfort, it's the same outcome. Life always gets a little bit better. At the start of the pandemic, I caught myself sharing online from a place of little compassion for the people around the world who are experiencing all sorts of unimaginable for me levels of trauma caused by this pandemic. 
I was also triggered by my own beef that I have with mainstream media and I was shaming people for feeling fear and running to the shops to buy toilet roll. I don't think I was being an asshole, but I certainly was not really delivering a message of compassion that was kind of needed right then. This is at the start of it all, like early March. I didn't really feel into it before I sort of started sharing this message. Um, and I have since forgiven myself for this. Because um, I know I was bypassing not only the collective feelings of fear and uncertainty, but I was also bypassing my own. I was disregarding the reality that many people need support right now. What they don't need is a woke bro, man bun head like me explaining stuff like, Oh my God, I can't believe you guys still listen to the news. Can't you see what's happening? It's so obvious. This is a global awakening, a massive shift in the collective consciousness. We're moving away from old greed-based systems of distorted power, the patriarchy. Can't you see this is so beautiful? Don't worry about everybody dying right now. This is the best thing that could be possibly happening to us. Welcome to the global awakening. That's, that's not what people want to be hearing right now, even though it is actually what I believe is happening, I completely skipped out on feeling compassion for those who are really moving through some very fucking difficult times right now. I was busy posting memes about how the media goes into overdrive with a couple of thousand coronavirus deaths, but doesn't give any real airtime or urgency to the fact that we are in a severe mental health crisis, like 800,000 people at least, at, at least each year commit suicide, that's every 40 seconds one of us decides that it's so shit to be a human right now on this planet that it's actually not worth living anymore. And that breaks my heart, of course. Not to mention the climate crisis we are witnessing that could end in the self-extinction of our species. So yeah, I was angry and upset. I was feeling the injustice as I watched millions of humans be catapulted again into a state of panic and fear without even questioning the legitimacy of the information that's blasting out of the TV box, without pausing to investigate the intention behind it, let alone sort of correlating that with any increased feelings of fear and anxiety. It frustrated me not only to see how subservient populations can still be, but also how selfish we can be by sort of stockpiling resources rather than sharing them all due to the belief that everything they see in the news is factual. Frustrating, yes, but still, nothing I can do about it, and therefore my lack of acceptance was getting in the way of me actually helping. I think the embodiment of a spiritual practice is to accept and love everybody as they are, knowing you can't change anybody, including those who buy a year's supply of paper to wipe their assholes with just in case the world ends, and I think it's important to give people the benefit of the doubt to know that we are all, all of us, always doing the best we can. It took me 32 years, right, to realize the world doesn't revolve around me. And I've kind of forgiven myself of that. But I do still struggle with that one sometimes. It kind of feels like sometimes in, in one moment, hey ben. every single little thing around me that I'm aware of is so desperately trying to tell me something. I've got a message for you. That is so relevant to me and what I'm thinking that it could only be a message from the universe. Listen up. Kind of like in the Truman Show, where rogue actors would try and help Jim Carrey wake up and realize that he's on a giant set and that everything he sees is for him. I don't know what that's called. There must be some kind of like weird... Um, psychoanalytical 
issue, maybe God complex vibe. And I don't think I'm alone in feeling this frustration, right, around like the media. I certainly got swept up in a few conspiracy storms online as well. Like that adds sort of fuel to the fire of frustration. More truths, of course, are being revealed than ever, but it's important, I think, to not let that pull me away from feeling empathy for people who are going through it. Um, I want to feel compassion and acceptance for everyone. That's what I want to feel. So I also try and keep in mind how many years I spent behaving unconsciously without full awareness of my actions and part of the process of healing, I think, is the practice of forgiving myself. And I've also found this to kind of be the foundation for forgiving others. As we're kind of all just doing the best we can. Each in our own unique little reality tunnels. Just moving through these lessons that we are here to learn on planet Earth. Based on what we believe is true and how the world works. Now, now what I believe to be true... Um, and how I believe the world works, I fully understand is quite different to a lot of people. And I don't want to pretend like I've got some special truth that I'm working with. This podcast and the things that I create are representations of where I'm at. And hopefully they're from an authentic place that is sort of founded in vulnerability and um, as much realness as I can bring. And so, yeah, I don't want anybody thinking like I'm preaching some kind of truth in this. These are my current experiences, and I am nowhere near perfect. Just the very creation of this podcast for me has highlighted all the places where I need to do more work, and I'm learning and moving through lots of deep lessons at the moment, and really, like sitting in that discomfort so this is a place really where i'm just kind of conversing about those experiences that i'm having and how they're impacting my life and how i perceive my own unique reality tunnel based upon my experiences and my my beliefs now don't get me wrong i think it's important to speak about how the mainstream media primarily project fear into the homes of millions of people to get our little monkey minds firing about another life-threatening crisis event, while so many long-standing global crisis topics are actually downplayed, like climate change, poverty and child slavery, or the unknown variety of cancer-causing toxins that are no doubt in our food, water and air, etc. Fortunately, it didn't take me long to recognize that. Actually, during this time, my attention is much better focused on bringing love to those who are suffering, which in the case of COVID-19 instantly shifted me into a far more compassionate energy, which I'm residing in now. Spiritual bypassing is real. Um, clearly, this is a time to be helping each other, of course, not just pointing out the obvious, but I also do not want to pretend for a second that I actually want to see things go back to normal after this, because normal was barely working for me how can I possibly want things to go back to the way they were, knowing that normal means still immense suffering for so many people in the world, which is the main reason it wasn't working for me. I'm a very privileged white man, and I 
benefit from the systems that are in operation and the way they're being run, but it means nothing if it's causing unnecessary, unnecessary suffering to others or it's, it's unequal and so unfair. So fear-inducing news and weird reality TV politics, that, that wasn't working for me. 800,000 suicides a year, that doesn't sit well with me. And no matter how well my life is going, I really can't ignore the fact that my own mental health challenges are created partly by complicated systems of which I am and have been a willing participant. It's super normal for us to feel fear. And I'll, I want to speak a little bit more about that later in the podcast. But interesting, I learned recently that the amygdala is the part of our brain responsible for the perception of emotions such as fear, anger, and sadness. And so it also controls aggression. Unless you've been living under a rock or you're a fully enlightened being, you will have likely felt your amygdala in action with the collective emotional shifts caused by this corona conflict. I think you'll agree the fear feels very personal and real since it is our bodies that are actually the hosts of this bacteria battle. That's so crazy. Most of the recent fear or uncertainty I've been experiencing has, I don't think, been directly from my fear of the virus itself. There's been plenty of other challenges that I've been moving through um, which have kind of only been made worse by the pandemic lockdown situation. It's like everything's come up at the same time. feels like a sort of a cleaning process, almost like a, a rebirth, death rebirth. At the beginning, I was like, fuck, this is going to be a great time to see if I can help my community in navigating some emotional challenges when this all started out. I was feeling very strong. And um, I was like, cool, going to handle this going to spread some positive vibes online. But then I put like a lot of pressure on myself to be that person and share positive content all the time. And I had this whole battle with imposter syndrome, unsure of my content and my missions for a bit, for a while actually, and also struggling with worthiness still. It's, this whole thing is like, it's made me really appreciate just how vastly unique all our challenges are right now, yet so similar as many of us are in isolation. I just want to hold time for some gratitude for all you heroes out there that are actually rising to these daily challenges, keeping going, keeping people fed, families, spreading love relentlessly despite the increased pressure from all angles. I fucking salute you all, warriors. It's, um, it's 8 o'clock and uh, at 8 o'clock in South Africa. Everybody goes outside and cheers for the older, for the service men and women at 8 o'clock. Hang on. Imposter syndrome has been a bit of a lifelong theme for me in a lot of ways. Part of my motivation to continue sharing online is that when I get vulnerable, a lot of people reach out and say how these sort of uncomfortable bits of content help them to navigate something similar in their own lives. So I'm just trying to navigate the fear of striking a balance of how much of myself do I put online, make sure it's done in a sustainable and healthy way this time what that looks like and how to even monetize it. And if I only share when I'm feeling fresh-faced, 
it kind of feels less authentic to me. And in lockdown, I put all this pressure on myself to be someone I'm not. It's okay to be moving in and out of flow, definitely. It's been sort of very challenging to have so much time and so many ideas for content and stories, yet my own fears of being judged are still haunting me. My own hang-ups with perfectionism have kind of been blocking me from sharing a lot of stuff. And uh, I've been writing this podcast for weeks, trying to find a way to communicate some optimism that I feel around this whole chapter. And most of this podcast has kind of been cut and rewritten and replaced with something a little bit less, less like, listen to me, I'm all Zen, Captain Zen, and a little bit more from a space of like reality, which feels like, holy fuck, being a human is getting really weird. Can we please talk about this? And, and compared to two years ago, yeah, I'm Zen as fuck most of the time. And I'm getting really good at being calm. And it's definitely my preferred way of being for sure. But yeah, this podcast in itself has evolved to have a little less pretend Zen talk and a bit more anxious woke bro reality check flavor. So yeah, that's kind of, um, that's how I resonated initially and sort of respondinate, respondinated. Brilliant. So yeah, that's how I responded initially to the pandemic, learning loads of lessons and hoping to bring more compassionate vibrations from now on. And just another reminder that there's so much still to learn or rather remember as I navigate this weird human experience. Woke bro. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about a few of my different experiences I've had in my life that I think might be relevant when discussing life challenges during this sort of post-COVID-19 world. Um, As I believe this chapter right now is actually a huge awakening for humanity and there are parts of me that are totally calm and actually a little bit excited for what's to come, you know, based upon my own personal woke bro awakening that I've been moving through there is at least one parallel with the pandemic in the fact that it has been a fucking uncomfortable journey, yet it's all these challenges that I've been forced to face recently that has made this easily the most interesting and rewarding chapter of my life so far. Way more interesting than being multiple world champion professional athlete even, and far more fascinating than the circus of mild internet celebrity traveler influencer lifestyle and vastly more stimulating for me than any of the even the most wild adventures that i've been on yes definitely this is a a fucking wild time to be on earth but there's work to be done clearly and i believe that transformation is the most rewarding work that we can do So I'd like to add some of my own recent backstory, which in the light of so much radical change, I think people might find useful. If not, you can sit back and listen to me talk about myself for a little bit as uh, I try to extract meaning from my individual life journey and somehow draw a few parallels to the global shifts that are taking place somehow. Um, For the sake of maybe bringing some optimism to the party and at the very least start some conversation and communicate sort of my take on what we're experiencing right now. 
Regular listeners of this podcast will know that fairly recently I disregarded my atheistic views and embarked on a slightly more spiritual path. Psychedelic Woke Bro, phase one, initiation complete. I don't think you can be a woke bro and an atheist at the same time. For context, I've not been interested in spirituality for very long, in my current incarnation anyway. It was only two years ago I would enjoy to argue my opinions about religion from my atheistic standpoint, focused on the negative aspects always, my ego in the driving seat of my mind. In essence, I was very open to certain things, I guess, but still conditioned to be pretty firmly closed off to any ideas that didn't really fit with mine. My, my ego used to be so certain about all sorts of things and it still loves to be certain. It finds ways to be certain, like in the familiar, I think. The ego is like the ultimate survival tool. Its number one priority is to simply not die. And there's a lot of safety in the perception of certainty. Things really started to change for me when I started to become aware of the anxiety and the fear I was feeling in my body. Um, I guess I began to notice patterns where I'd feel more anxious, maybe around certain people or when topics came up in conversation, like for example, work or finances or relationships, things that were not maybe going the way I'd want them in my life. And I'd notice my body would react with this feeling of anxiety. So I started to become aware of what was causing me to feel less than good. And I realized I was blaming things that were external to me for making me feel a bit shit. And whilst it was super important that I took action to adjust my external world to bring me more peace, definitely. Ultimately, I think it was the thoughts in my mind that were causing me to feel anxious. And until I, I realized until I took control of these thoughts, until I take responsibility for this mind of mine, I would continue to sort of perpetuate my own suffering from the inside out. So I kind of needed to shift um, out of the victim mindset. Introducing the woke bro mindfulness practice. When my mind is running riot, it means I end up like manifesting misalignments or like challenging situations, kind of lessons, which pop up in my reality as proof that the stories that I believe about myself are actually true, regardless if they're good or bad. Learning how powerful it is to hold a belief, it's really becoming sort of a priority for me to cultivate presence, to be the witness of both the body and the mind. And if there's anxiety inducing sort of negative vibes that are racing around up there in my head, my higher self sort of as the loving witness can then now like step in with practice and bring love to those stories that are on rotation from my ego or the smaller self and just remind them that the future is an illusion and so is the past for that matter. There is kind of only this eternal now, nothing is guaranteed. The only control we truly have is over our inner world and then uh, my higher self will enjoy creatively rewriting the story if I practice that to favor the best outcome for me. Um, it comes back kind of to that Gandhi quote about thoughts being the foundation for your destiny. For example, if I believe I don't deserve to be happy, that story will manifest into my reality. 
we are that powerful and the ego who loves to be right will say, look, see, you're not good enough. You're too this or not enough that. If I believe I then deserve to actually be happy or I deserve to maybe be in a relationship that's serving me, then that's the story my mind will then manifest. It sort of, it starts with belief and thought. I'm working on cultivating presence, um, basically to help me spend less time in my head. I get really caught up in my mind. Um, my mind likes to tell all these stories to like reinforce the stuff, even that I'm currently worrying about. Um, and I try and like witness the mind chatter, not try not get involved. Um, I try and remember that, um, I am not the, my thoughts. I'm not the chatter that's going up in my mind. And then I kind of politely disagree with any wild statements that are being made up there. And then also I've recently started to actively try and rewrite the story with an outcome that brings me into a feeling of peace and trust and like a calm state of being. And so rewriting the script to create a different outcome for myself involves like hopefully creating a different destiny. If of course I feel like I want to make changes in my life, if not, then everything's great, I presume. So what is the COVID-19 relevance here? Well, we are obviously being forced or invited to go inward and get used to navigating change. When I believe I deserve better in any aspect of my life, even if it's to simply feel at more peace, it all begins with what's going on upstairs. If we want to make something better or replace something that's causing anxiety with something that creates peace and love, it starts with witnessing the current story that I'm playing out and then maybe practicing to rewrite that script if, if it's not serving to one that aligns with what I f whatever it is that I feel like I need. And the practice of mindfulness I've found is also about feeling all the feels. Emotions are the guidance system. If I feel anxious, what's going on up in my mind? Um, if nothing, then maybe I'm empathically feeling someone else's emotion nearby me or in the collective. Either way, it's healthy to acknowledge the emotion and then just let it move through you. This is the difference between humans and robots. Enjoy it. Activating woke bro emotional intelligence. Birthing something new means letting go of something else, something old, which is uh, it's an emotional process, um, unless you're a machine which you're not. You're a human, I imagine. Maybe there are some machines listening to this right now. Who knows? It's 2020. Just going to take a sip on my tea. So one of my favorite meditation teachers, Tara Brach, has this tool that's amazing. It's uh, for practicing mindfulness. It's an acronym, RAIN, R-A-I-N. Recognize, allow, investigate, nurture, so you recognize the feeling that's in your body, the emotion. Maybe it's anxiety, for example. I'll give an example. This is something that I've experienced a few times. I'm chatting with someone and they're maybe really stressed about their finances and it's actually reminding me of my financial stresses and I begin to recognize this feeling of anxiety rising up in me and then you, and then just allow it to be there. So recognize it, that it's there, allow it to be there and then I'm like, okay, hey there, feeling, what are, you, uh, what are you trying to tell me? And you investigate, and the feeling goes, oh, I'm actually just reminding you that um, you've got bills to pay. 
and then you nurture that feeling and you say, that's okay, thank you for the reminder, but I'm actually having a conversation right now with my friend. He's talking about their, their finances, not, not ours. I'm trying to listen and I'm trying to help. Um, and remember, we've got a financial plan. It's cool. And it's already activated and there's nothing really we can kind of do immediately to accelerate that. So you're talking to your mind and really you're talking to your inner child. So be super loving so you can take back control of your emotions and then act rationally or continue listening actively in the conversation rather than being up in your head and making it about you when you're trying to help someone. Or maybe you don't have a financial plan and until you do, that anxiety is actually just a valuable reminder to get some kind of plan together. But yeah, RAIN, R-A-I-N. With practice, I noticed that most of the anxiety that I was feeling um, on a daily basis wasn't helping me at all. Definitely it was pointing me in the direction of the changes I needed to make when I investigated where that fear was coming from. But being in a state of fear doesn't actually help me make rational choices when it comes to the process of healing whatever it is that's causing that fear to arise in the first place. So Tara Bruck, she's got an incredible podcast, which is just such medicine for a busy mind, especially at the moment. She's full of invaluable advice, storytelling, super calming to listen to. Can't recommend her enough. Tara Bruck, that's T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H. So when I regain control over my emotions, like in a stressful situation, I always find it helps to anchor myself with in a combination of like trust, optimism, and positivity, which will then inevitably elevate my mood, uh, calming my mind, this is kind of the practice, and anchoring me back down into my body, which then brings me enough peace for me to grab the wheel and correct the emotional lane swerve that's occurred. And here's a recent woke bro cheat code for you that I'm now working with. Try and avoid being the powerless victim by trusting the process of change. Sometimes when I'm rewriting my internal story, some it will involve some big external changes that have to be made, some scary changes, and often aspects of my life maybe need completely removing if not permanently then for a period to then make space for something else and then and also to take full accountability whilst moving through the discomfort is something I find really empowering so yeah just kind of taking responsibility for that situation and yeah getting your power back getting back control manifesting the best outcome for myself always is like it's kind of teaching my ego or my inner child to just trust that my higher self will guide me on a journey of what's needed for my highest soul growth which I imagine um, feels well it does fill my heart with joy when I feel like I'm in flow and in my dharma doing what I'm supposed to be doing even if it's a even if it's just doing the washing up in a zen space where I'm being very calm and just sitting in gratitude to even have just eaten let alone have a place to with hot water to do washing up it's such a privilege feeling gratitude for um just the discomfort of life really like i'm working on remaining grateful in that discomfort and certainly i actually found recently come to think of it um this cambo ceremony that i did that was very effective at sort of recultivating my capacity to feel gratitude 
in the discomfort and uncertainty of life, um, it's kind of a feels like a process of surrendering. So what's the relevance to coronavirus in all of this? Uh, I guess trust the process of change, feel it all, all of it. See each of the discomforts maybe as an opportunity to practice staying in a place of observing the thoughts and allowing the emotions. And yeah, it feels really important that I continue to cultivate the ability basically to act from a place of rationality certainly when the rest of the world seems to be losing their shit. It's super important to know yourself, I think, and cultivate trust in yourself. This is super powerful. I've been finding this very, like, empowering, especially now as the veil kind of becomes very thin and it's not so easy to know who to trust. And we realize that maybe the world doesn't operate in quite the way that even comes close to what we were told or what we were taught in school. And... It's kind of part of the process of the awakening, really. To trust and believe in something, that's super powerful. And to trust and believe in myself has been a journey of allowing my own experiences to shape my beliefs rather than just taking everything I'm told as gospel. Everything, including truth, is relative to the perceiver. The truth for one woke bro like me can be very different from someone else. But the more I hold like this trust and curiosity in the uncertainty of life, the less disappointed I am when I discover, again, how misled sometimes I've been in life and how much more epic the universe actually is than what we're told. I still battle with the feeling of injustice of how um, the compulsory education is kind of fucked up in terms of like cultivating almost zero interest in the things that actually I'm now really, really, really interested in. Like, well, mysticism isn't exactly in the curriculum and spirituality um, things that are now like foundations of my existence. It's not in school, man. Certainly not Tantra. And, and it also used to frustrate me how insistent teachers were that they knew best, you know. And thankfully, I had a bunch of teachers and role models, all with really good intentions, not just in school, but people who just want to help educate young people somehow so they have a chance of surviving out there in the real world. Yet, in my experience, many educators are actually just another brick in the wall, another cog in the machine that's been kind of designed to prevent young minds from expanding enough to question the absurdity of being forced through a tiny reality tunnel curriculum, at the end of which, ideally, we qualify for our own long-term enslavement in a, in a job and then freak out when we're 50 years old. Anyway, I guess all I'm saying is that my intuition is kind of becoming my most reliable guidance system as well. Just very useful at a time when information and language is being used to control and manipulate unconscious minds. <sighs> all this spirituality stuff came as sort of an emergency solution for me when I found myself for a short period just over two years ago contemplating the option of taking my own life as a solution to my seemingly unmanageable self-hatred at the time and financial struggles and general, general like lack of control or meaning in my life. I've had and still continue, thankfully, to have a lot of help from people on my healing journey, especially with my mental health and learning to love myself, which has enabled me to almost fully heal my finances and bring back my lust for life 
And since I've shared over 1,100 videos on YouTube about my life, I thought, fuck it, I should probably continue sharing. But now I want to share from a place of vulnerability, which is part of the reason I started this podcast, New Perceptions, to share about this new chapter, knowing also how much I've personally benefited from other people online being vulnerable and, and sharing from that place and how that helped me feel less alone in my healing journey and my challenges. And through these platforms, I guess my intention is really to express myself creatively, uh, share some of the experiences I have that kind of deepen my love for being a human being, and also to speak on topics revolving around the increasingly popular search for some kind of meaning in life at a time when actually asking the hard questions is very much discouraged and actually thought to even be crazy talk. Spirituality is not something I'm studying full-time, although I am steering my life towards manifesting some opportunities, hopefully, to experientially absorb more spiritual knowledge and wisdom. I've got a bit of a thirst for it now. It's really helping me feel uh, at home on this planet. But I'm in no rush to become enlightened, and um, I'm simply basically sharing some of the useful bits that I've picked up so far, kind of in a way that hopefully young Benjamin would have benefited from in the unlikely event that he would have even been open to actually receiving them. But all that being said, after recently going on a couple of particularly mystifying yet insightful psychedelic journeys, I really can't claim with any 100% certainty to know anything at all. And actually reducing my need or my ego's need for certainty to feel safe in certainty, it's been quite liberating. And from that openness, I'm discovering a few simple, like deep knowings that sit within me. Like I know that I am here. We are here. We are on this planet called Earth right now, in the eternal now. And the past and the future live kind of only as constructs in our mind. And maybe this doesn't sound like very much to know, but when I feel into those simple concepts with a clear mind and stillness and presence, I find that simply existing is actually fundamentally remarkable. I feel gratitude for my life in those moments and suddenly I fucking love being me. And what a heavenly experience, certainly compared to two years ago. I also have a feeling, a deep feeling, that there is a force that flows and expresses itself through us. The same force that moves through the stem to create the flower. The creator of this force is almost trying to get our attention and make us feel like we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. That we are actually also creators and conduits, channels for this life force energy. And then add to the mix conscious awareness of ourselves. And to me, it kind of seems like we are actually the universe experiencing itself and to exist and to be here now is the ultimate gift. Thank you, psilocybin mushrooms. The reason I'm diving into this is because I believe that COVID-19 is an invitation to awaken to new ways of existing on the planet. So, as a result of some reprogramming of my mind, I kind of created this space for new ideas, new thoughts, new beliefs to kind of settle in, uh, maybe try some of them on for size, and basically work out if maybe it was my ego mind all along that had kind of been creating 
the dissatisfaction that I was experiencing uh, as a human. Uh, long story long, I fell in love with seeking a less shallow, more deeply satisfying life experience. And having taken the proverbial red pill, I now find myself in this path, turning inwards for what is becoming the adventure of a lifetime. COVID-19 relevance. We're in this massive chapter of change on Earth right now. Things aren't the way they seem, mostly, probably. Be prepared for change. If it seems like a lot to deal with, spirituality, in my experience so far, has been really helpful in finding meaning in any suffering. Um, excuse me, this seems very, very abstract, abstract and almost has, seems like it has nothing, nothing to, do to do with the coronavirus, coronavirus situation. Are we going to talk about something relevant? These are the voices in my head that, um, that are judging me the whole time. Saying things like this, it's quite hilarious actually when I observe them. I think a part of being on a spiritual path has been, for me anyway, learning about non-attachment. I want to speak on this um, since right now, I think so many of us are having aspects of our lives taken away or put on pause, uh, like jobs, loved ones, or routines that previously kind of kept us sane, like taking space whenever we wanted it. We're being forced right now to kind of face the impermanence of all things. Perhaps we've lost parts of our lives that we might have really attached our identity to, like career success or traveling the world or being the fun one at social events that have now all been cancelled. We're being invited to find all that we need within us so we don't have to feel victimized when that which is external to us and out of our control inevitably comes to an end or changes. Finding within us kind of the love and the worthiness and the validation that we need allows us to be accepting and peaceful in times of great change, like right now. I am nowhere near a master at this non-attachment thing, but practicing it has rewarded me with some feelings of peace, particularly around the topic of life and death. Not just the death of human life, but any kind of ending that is always necessary for a new beginning. I feel like humanity is being forced to let go of all sorts of things that weren't serving us. The inevitable death and then subsequent rebirth. The relentless nature of existence is the cycle of death, rebirth, death, rebirth. That's the theme of the ride that we signed up for when we came down here. What better time to embrace change than when it's been forced upon us? Of course, you can practice non-attachment without being on a spiritual path. It's essentially a practice of letting go, letting go of anything that could be taken from you, um, making peace with the temporary nature of all things and therefore enjoying them more. For example, the need for material wealth to feel good about oneself, what's left after all that stuff is removed, or maybe the need to achieve things in order to feel worthy of love or validation. I know that sometimes I struggle to feel like I'm enough just as I am. And when I don't feel like I'm smashing life like Gary Vee or Beyonce, and I compare myself with people, I feel like maybe I'm not doing enough to deserve love of course, it's our birthright to feel love. I get lost sometimes in the idea that I must overachieve to feel like I'm worthy of love or that I have to earn my right to be here. And I also have a tendency to be codependent in relationships. Um, I get attached to the love that I'm receiving from my partner without which I can then feel unlovable. 
a symptom of not yet learning to love myself fully. And interestingly, often the very issue that actually ends the relationship. I used to depend on my YouTube audience to validate me and tell me that I'm great. And as soon as I stopped making the free daily entertainment, of course, there are still a lot of people telling me that they loved me, but there was a shitload of people also who were suddenly telling me that I was the opposite of great. And which was heartbreaking for me only because I'd become so dependent on the validation to make me feel good about myself. Not a good idea. This is a woke borrow cheat code. Not a good idea to place your happiness in the hands of others, especially people that you've never met. I probably will never meet. All of these attachments I have found um, to be unreliable in the long run, uh, certainly compared to having love for myself. This has been kind of and continues to be a huge part of my healing journey. So how does this relate to COVID-19? Well, we have a choice always to either hand over our power in stressful situations in the belief that this suffering is happening to us. Or we can choose to have faith in the uncertain and take the position that everything is happening for us, that no matter how much pain we are in, something will something better will be reborn out of this struggle. Um, I think if we can move from victim to creator energy, uh, we will likely manifest a much brighter future for ourselves on the other side of all these changes. But I think we have to let go in that of any attachment to the comfortable idea that we will be saved by an external force and trust that as creators, we can manifest a brighter future for all in just the same way we each have participated in the manifestation of this global invitation for growth. Our outer world is a reflection of our inner world on all levels, uh, from our immediate surroundings, um, our individual reality, up to the collective dreams and ideas that we all agree to. And of course, the way we relate with the planet is all a reflection of our internal world. None of us are exempt from this the collective challenges and evolutionary shifts that we are experiencing are, I think, the sum of our individual challenges and shifts. Therefore, each of us do have a role to play in choosing how we emerge from this. And it starts, I think, with taking back what we can control, like I was saying, like our minds, our inner worlds, and our imagination. The practice of non-attachment means surrendering to the flow of impermanence and coming back to ourselves to discover that all the love, all the peace, self-confidence, and all the validation we need is and always has been within us. Now seems like a good time to do this inner work. Being in lockdown here in Cape Town for the last month or more has put me through my own challenges. Same unhealed emotional trauma, same self-sabotage patterns, just different circumstances, uh, different challenges and all an invitation always for growth, none of which is to be shamed. I find it quite hard to admit to myself and others when I'm struggling, asking for help or space or whatever it is that I need to honor my process is part of the self-love practice that I'm working on. But whatever I'm moving through, I always come back to self-love in the end, I have to. And having awareness can sometimes make it harder when I know that I'm choosing to be in a slump and feel stuck and it feels impossible to move forwards. I have to work hard to not shame myself for these moments on my journey as well. 
So COVID-19, I think, is forcing us all to face kind of death in some way or another. In other words, our attachment to life. And for me, confronting death in different aspects of my life recently has helped me in removing a lot of anxiety I used to hold around my own mortality too, which again has opened up space for gratitude to come in, a deeper appreciation for life with that. And I also hold less fear regarding the death and life of other people. Now, that doesn't mean to say that I don't value human life or I don't grieve death. I have empathy and compassion for anyone suffering. And now I value life more than ever because I honor it with my presence and gratitude as often as I can. It's a well-known fact that honoring and feeling emotions of grief is a fundamental part of letting anything go. Healing from any form of unexpected change or loss is a process. Losing a job or a relationship, um, failed business ventures, or the removal of any kind of comfort or security, or the death of a pet, or even ego death when you have to admit you were wrong about something. It all needs honoring through a beautiful process of grieving. Um, and then that will make space for the rebirth, whatever that looks like. Again, COVID-19 massive changes letting go of all sorts of comfort or security a lot of people are right now certainly many people are dying it's important to honor these cycles of impermanence and to grieve and allow the rebirth to take place ego attachment now this is a motherfucker some seemingly healthy aspects of my own ego identity i had grown strongly attached to like my sporting achievements, I identified myself as the athlete or the number of likes I got on Instagram. I identified myself as an Instagrammer or an influencer, heaven forbid. The films even that I created that received a lot of praise, these external things, I made a part of me. I latched onto them. Okay, so my achievements brought me joy, love, purposefulness, and that super healthy and there were healthy things that I was doing that I was sort of uh, identifying with. Um, but now I realize that I can actually reliably find joy, love and purposefulness and all within myself um, after having peeled back some layers of conditioning. For example, now um, I get about 10 or 20% of the likes on Instagram compared to when I was like a flaring travel photographer like the same number of people still see my photo, but they just don't double tap it. I don't know, maybe people are lazy. And I used to take this personally because my self-worth used to be dependent on those likes coming in. Um, and it still comes back to haunt me sometimes. Back when I was kayaking and winning world championship medals, I would get all sorts of love and praise from people that I looked up to, including my parents. So if I had bad race or even a bad week's training, my belief was that I didn't deserve love. The same way... Um, I would feel like I deserved to win a race because of the sacrifices I had made. So all these conditioned stories in young Benjamin's head were racing around and they had full control over my emotions. If I won a race, great. If not, whoa. And this was without me being aware of actually what was happening. Now, don't get me wrong. I love kayaking and I love winning races. But now I don't have to win races to feel... Like I'm allowed to love, you know. So having awareness of what's going on in my head during this challenging time 
it's going to be sort of the foundation, I think, of maintaining sovereignty. If outside forces can control our thoughts, they can control our emotions and therefore our behavior. And here's an opportunity to practice mindfulness during the beautiful discomfort of these challenging times. How's that for optimism? It's not only the good stuff that we attach our identity to, of course. It's very normal to repeatedly seek the comfort of a known outcome, even if it is negatively impacting our lives. I know I can easily become addicted to pain and because I have been addicted to pain and that release of chemicals in my body that um, accompany it like adrenaline simply because it's familiar to me. Uh, I'd want to go there. I used to be addicted to road rage, for example. I had no idea. And I'm a peaceful person, but I was addicted to the conflict. It was like a learned behavior that I had to unlearn. Um, for the sake of the anxiety of all my passengers in the car anytime we would drive anywhere. Um, anyway, I can recommend a book called A New Earth for a deep dive into what's known as the pain body. Um, if you're an aggro driver like I used to be, or even someone who loves to create drama, you know that pain is addictive. I think we all do. Um, if you read the book, it's a game changer, I promise. Personally, during this lockdown, I'm working on letting go of a bunch of destructive habits that come up when the stories in my head take over, like that resentful victim story that plays out when things don't go my way. Why does this always happen to me? This isn't fair, etc., etc. And I must admit, I used to enjoy that part of me. I kind of made a game of it to manage the anxiety and depression before I knew I could actually start to rewrite that story. At the time, I was painfully unaware that I was also manifesting more discomfort into my life than I could actually handle. Um, I was self-medicating with cannabis and kind of addicted to avoiding whatever uncomfortable reality I was finding myself in for a while, um, temporarily escaping into music and uncontrollable munchies leading to 11 p.m. hardcore snacky snacks until I felt sick. Hilarious memories a lot of good times, and all whilst doing my best with Wiz Khalifa impression. And those kind of activities really for a while became part of my life, and sometimes I still find myself dipping a toe in those patterns just because it's familiar to me. Thankfully, I was medicating with natural herbal plant medicine, which wasn't going to kill me no matter how much of it I smoked. Shout out to Mother Nature for providing us with the beautiful plant the ego wants to control everything, right? And my ego would fabricate this narrative that would say, life is hard and it's not going my way right now, so we're at least going to control the experience in a way that we're familiar with, preferably with music playing, even though the avoidance is actually compounding the challenges in the long run. And I was also addicted to making things hard for myself, which is a whole other story. My higher self, on the other hand, will always prefer to face the emotions and challenges head on without numbing myself first. I'm learning that if I want to avoid any denial or resentment for my own circumstances, I need to let go of trying to control the outcome, really. It's, if it's meant to work out, it will. If not, it was never meant to be. And to honor the process, to not suppress or numb myself away from the emotions that want to come through in the in often the most uncomfortable and scary moments of healing. So I think maybe just let us all be super fucking gentle with each other and ourselves 
during this super challenging time that's bringing a lot of empathy and compassion. And I just want to re-emphasize right now that when we lovingly accept, welcome in and process these emotions that are asking to come up, we heal our emotional wounds and then we shift that energy, which then again creates space for gratitude and love to come in. When you grieve, it's much easier to have an appreciation for death and therefore a deeper appreciation for life. I just want to make it super clear at this point that if you are feeling anxious from this global crisis, that is 100% okay. And I, I do not want anybody listening to think that feeling fear is wrong or that you're wrong. For a lot of people, this is a super scary time to be a human, myself included. And different people will be feeling different levels of emotions at different times and for different reasons. We're all in unique but very similar positions and there's a shitload of uncertainty. I don't want to shame anybody. It's 100% okay. Feel it all. Let's be gentle with ourselves and each other. Um, and I'm going to speak a little bit more about fear later on in this podcast. So I hope that bit about non-attachment is useful, if nothing else, speaking about all that has actually forced me to kind of hold myself more accountable for the continuation of my own healing. I was feeling pretty anxious writing a lot of this podcast, knowing that I need to authentically embody my own advice in so many aspects. Um, so thank you for listening, I guess. Uh, and these, these podcasts are very much a way of me processing and um, making real my ideas and my journey so yeah thanks for listening anyway now i'd like to talk about having a love and heart-centered outlook on this whole thing whilst exploring the multitude of potential opportunities i believe are revealing themselves through these challenging times again without bypassing at all the magnitude of human suffering that's happening right now I want to speak from an optimistic standpoint. I see COVID-19 as an opportunity that we are being gifted, a chance to examine, unpack and move past any denial that might have been holding us back from surrendering to the constant unfolding of nature and of life. I think this is a chance for us to examine a lot of our individual and collective systems that are currently in place. Are they serving us right now? Are they serving all of humanity? Basically, is our precious life force energy predominantly focused on economic growth at the cost of our health, happiness, and the collective good? Let's ask the question, are we actually happy? Perhaps since this crisis is pretty unprecedented, we should also check in with our relationship to the political systems and how they're navigating all of this as our leaders and how they actually repeatedly exploit tribalistic fear in order to try and divide us at seemingly every single time there is a crisis or any opportunity to do so. Maybe now is the time to look at how our lifestyles are structured somewhat around pharmaceutical dependency, really, which obviously thrives on disease-generating lifestyles. Or let's investigate our economic systems that fundamentally breed this collective obsession with fame, power, growth, money, material consumption, uh, all through this conditioned, egocentric, competitive, fear-based story um, 
our minds so easy to control, just obediently operating from this far outdated survival of the fittest paradigm. I believe it's the prescribed illusion of separation from ourselves and each other that is actually destroying the planet and reducing our capacity to live in peace with each other. I am, of course, a participant in all of this. All of us are to some degree. I would even go as far to say that if you're human, you are part of the collective agreement that has manifested this. And I think it's time for some radical accountability um, rather than just pointing fingers. I'm certainly asking myself a lot of questions like, where do I knowingly participate in this system that is actually oppressing me? And how can I adjust my inner world to reflect a different outer world moving forwards? So let's be honest, before COVID-19 arrived, we were already in a crisis, aware of, yet accelerating towards our own extinction, misguided by greed, fear and compliance to varied levels of human enslavement, working primarily soul-destroying jobs, subjugated to financial institutions and trading our energy for material wealth and agreeing to participate in these elite systems that do not align, clearly do not align with heart-centered truth of humanity. And we're supposed to be down here having the fucking time of our lives. Again, me saying these things uh, as if it's supposed to be different somehow or um, it's kind of suggesting that I maybe could do things better than God, which of course is a total ego trip. Um, yes, I accept things the way they are right now. We have to, but also imagine them improving so that we don't have to perpetuate any unnecessary suffering. I guess it's quite a paradox, but like having trying to accept things the way they are, but also wanting change. And who am I to suggest that the right amount what the right amount of suffering should actually be. Um, I just have a feeling that we could be living in a more equal and fair world if we wanted to, since we are discovering that we are the ones creating it. Now, this coronavirus <laughs> chapter is shining a very bright light into all kinds of shadow aspects of humanity, bringing awareness to these opportunities where healing can begin, really. I'm going to take a quick breath. You're welcome to join me. So there's no getting around a lot of that. It's kind of happening. How does it make you feel? Because for me, it, just reading that, it brings up all sorts of feelings of injustice, like anxiety, betrayal, and interestingly, this sort of us versus them vibe, I don't know, like good versus evil or love versus fear. But of course, I must hold myself accountable for participating in these agreements, these collective agreements, simply because I am part of the collective. And also accept that right now, it's just how things are. There's literally nothing we can do about the past. And everything that has happened has brought us right here, exactly where we're supposed to be a much needed place of clarity from which we can make new agreements maybe based on the lessons that we are hopefully learning during this time. But I often ask myself, how much faith do I have that there is a brighter future than this? Not just for me, but my future children and grandchildren and assuming that the opposite of world war is world peace, how can I find and act from that feeling of world peace in my heart. Like, what can I do? 
knowing that any kind of control that I do have is limited literally just to me and my actions. Be the change that you want to see in the world is what they say. And I know we're all doing our best. And actually, I just have faith that my actions towards healing my own trauma will be reflected back to me, if not in this lifetime, then perhaps in my next incarnation. These kinds of discussions really interest me. Um, and I'd love to have a guest on the show to get into some deep chats about all of this. Anyway, back to optimism. So now I'm imagining this bright future where those who are fortunate enough to survive this chapter will emerge stronger, but not feeling like we are the victims of disaster, but with a newfound humility and empowerment moving forwards together as one. If we choose it, I do believe these challenges will trigger healing that will bring us greater clarity, helping us to reimagine and manifest uh, a new collective experience that is maybe more fulfilling for a lot of people, more purposeful, harmonious, and intentionally heart-centered for ourselves, our loved ones, and our future generations, of course, as well as all other living beings with whom we share this beautiful planet. It's way more fun than enslavement. Let me not brush over the hard fact that this is already a total shit show. So much trauma is being experienced right now. People are dying, afraid and alone in isolation. Jobs are being lost. Many aspects of our lives, the ones provided security, have just in a few weeks just collapsed, shining a light into the shadow of our sort of economic dependency. I've read stories of the thousands of patients who are living their last moments without family members by their sides. Millions of people around the world also living in poverty, just praying that the virus doesn't make its way into the extremely densely populated communities that are already suffering from immune disorders like HIV and tuberculosis. Not to mention their daily battle for so many people to stay fed even before lockdown was happening. There are so many potential nightmare situations and of course, this has illuminated also the fact that like all pandemics in history, the virus has been spread by those of us privileged enough to travel, but will ultimately be felt the hardest by the poorest communities around the world. It feels like history is repeating itself. So let's focus on bringing some positive energy. Everywhere I look, I see people rising together to help their communities. We are reconnecting with and frequently checking up on our networks, I think, more than ever, maybe. We're all taking action to stay optimistic and just witnessing people shift into service is incredibly inspiring and uplifting. I'm not sure, maybe this is a global thing, but every evening here at 8 p.m. in South Africa, people in lockdown stand at their windows, on balconies or in their gardens, and they cheer and clap and whistle and express their gratitude for the thousands and thousands of medical heroes on the front lines right now, sacrificing their own health to serve others, heroes. And holding these servicemen and women in mind whilst in the high-frequency emotion of gratitude from the heart, it's incredibly powerful and healing. In, when we get together like that in one moment, 
with the same intention, we are flooding the quantum field with love. We are expanding our hearts in so many ways right now, millions of daily acts of kindness and service, which I'm sure will continue to evolve as required throughout this challenging chapter. And they're all from the optimistic minds of people acting from their compassionate hearts. It's beautiful. Here's a little woke bro cheat code for you. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. So I encourage you, if you can, please don't close off and pretend this isn't happening right now. I think it's super easy to be locked down and chill, watch Netflix or zone out by playing computer games for hours. I'm giving myself this advice mostly, but there's no growth in comfort. Maybe rather take this opportunity to contribute positively to this crisis by simply doing some self-reflection. Our capacity to help others is a reflection of our capacity to help ourselves. So it's self-love time. Let's go. And that's going to look different for everybody. You know what you need. I know what I need. Be gentle on yourself. Um, even if self-love looks like finding the motivation to take a shower or cook a healthy meal um, or not be on your phone past 7 p.m. so you get a better night's sleep, or even tidy up your living space or do some home workout that you would never normally do before lockdown. Anyway, I promise you those single acts of self-love, they all add up and they're 100% contributing to the collective. And you will be able to look back at this time and say, thank fuck that happened. I actually really got to know myself during that time. From my side, every day I'm taking time to reflect and accept really the simple truth that I'm starting to understand like any control I thought I had over my external world was and always will be an illusion. It's simply a reflection of my internal world. It, it keeps hitting me hard. I, I had no control. I thought I had all this control over this stuff that was going on external. Nothing. It's all been taken away. Uh, for me, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, lockdown has been very introspective. And I think it's, it's only natural to spend more time in our heads when we are spending more time indoors, being outdoors is super expansive for our minds. But here's a question worth asking. How happy are we when we are alone with our thoughts indoors in this internal situation? It's been challenging, like in my little flat, to be honest. I'm super grateful to even have a place to isolate, uh, let alone a fucking balcony to enjoy some fresh air and my house, my house plants are certainly helping me through this lack of nature time that I'm feeling but fuck it's been a bumpy ride emotionally yes I've spent a bunch of time escaping and avoiding the discomfort numbing myself through smoking bud and rollies um, and spending too much time on Instagram all the usual avoidance tactics but I've also been taking the time to dive deep into my self-love practices as a necessity actually a lot of the time I've, I've been exploring my fears and also my imagination and maybe like me you've also got some creative projects to work on but I just hope you're honoring this opportunity to show up for yourself um, whilst not putting too much pressure on productivity or doing things. Being satisfied with simply being, I think is just 
as important, if not more important, than being satisfied with what we're doing. Here's what I try and do each day, especially when I'm feeling a little bit hopeless and depressed when I start to overthink about this whole crisis. I just sit and imagine for a few moments how we could come out the other side of this in a celebration of a newfound ability to rise up together uh, despite the separation agenda rising up and holding the vibration of love with an expanded awareness maybe and definitely a deeper gratitude for the simple things in life with no reason to avoid being in the present moment nothing to run from this, this present moment thing, is, it's our gift, the eternal now. And I, I hope that more of us will feel the gift of existence, deeply satisfied with simply being alive, because it's already here waiting for us. We just have to choose it. I also like to imagine having children one day and imagine that I would be confidently bringing these new souls down to earth, knowing that it's a peaceful place to live, where love actually always wins over fear. That's the feeling that I want. And I've always known 100% that I want to have kids. But to be honest, I don't want to think about it or get too excited about it until I can maybe really see what changes can be made on the other side of this huge challenge. It feels like a potential massive turning point for humanity. Um, that hopefully when we come out the other side of it, I'll feel more confident confident about bringing kids into the world, you know? What I'm about to say <laughs> might not sit really comfortably, but you and I are responsible for this crisis. We are all agreeing to participate in a system that has manifested it. Man-made or not man-made, Nothing can exist that isn't meant to exist. Either everything is of God or nothing. I already see so many people just pointing fingers and blaming the virus. The problem with this, I think, is that it leaves us expecting something outside of us to take responsibility and make the changes that are being asked of us. Yet unity consciousness means to understand that we are actually all one. So we take our power back throughout this and use it to make the changes that maybe we would have otherwise left up to someone else as if it's their responsibility um, we are co-creating our experience all of our experiences together through collective agreements that can be changed if we need to change them I think to believe that we are somehow separate from each other that we are simply just an ego um sort of the opposite of unity consciousness comes from the third dimension of consciousness um, where a fear of lack and a need for power, greed and these competitive values have collectively together we have manifested into the world as that sort of 1% controlling elite billionaire thing and then of course the rest of us, the subservient masses among other things but we are multi-dimensional beings we are spiritual beings we can live in the third dimension down here with density 
but we can also live in 4 and 5D higher states of consciousness, of course. Um, I believe that the continuation of like the sort of masculine dominating 3D survival of the fittest mindset could actually cause us to walk into the collapse of our species within a couple of generations. So yeah, unity consciousness, I think, is kind of the key to survival through this. The global public health crisis is definitely a wake-up call to humanity to fundamentally change the way we show up on this planet. It's like a warning sign, I think, just like climate change causing the fires in Australia, all sorts of other wild global weather patterns. And planet Earth, she has her own consciousness, which we are a part of. And she has clearly had enough of being violated Mother Earth is like, yo, humans, I, I literally birthed you. I literally give you everything you need for life, the gift of love, in order for your consciousness to experience life here. We need planet Earth. We are planet Earth. We wouldn't be experiencing any of this physical time, this life, without the planet yet somehow it seems difficult for people to understand that. You know who I would vote for to lead us? The sort of human who has a deep understanding that we are fundamentally connected to this planet, that we are this planet, that we are nature, and nature is us. I would 100% vote for someone who is super public about their whole journey of reaching higher states of conscious awareness because that's someone that I can trust. We know how to change the course of history for humanity and planet Earth. We have a lot of answers. They're just not really being actioned. Um, but like any rebirth, the contraction must come before the expansion. The up curve will only commence when we collectively agree to it. And I think until we hit that rock bottom, Mother Nature will continue to serve us these traumatic wake-up calls. And here's a traumatic wake-up call I received. Motorcycle accident two years ago. Total fucking nightmare. My whole life fell apart. And I thought I wanted to kill myself because there was no possible way I could ever be happy again. That kind of level of trauma. And I needed that so badly. I needed that wake-up call. I was in my head. I was gone. I was lost in my mind, in my anxiety, I wasn't really here a lot of the time. I needed it. Two years ago, a lot has changed, but not that much really. Mainly, I just, I don't really get anxious that easily. And yeah, I still struggle with some depression sometimes, but generally I fucking love being here. I don't want to kill myself at all. <laughs> and all I'm saying is that COVID-19, I think, is a gift. It could well be a turning point for us, or maybe not. Who knows? I'm a very sensitive dude, and it didn't take very much to bring about my awakening. Who am I to suggest that this is rock bottom? Maybe we need another crisis to wake us up after this. Maybe another world war. Maybe we're in a 10,000-year astrological cycle of pain or something, just waiting for the next 10,000-year cycle of love to begin but fuck, if we need to go down and hit that rock bottom, let's fucking go there. And it certainly feels to me like we're doing exactly that right now. 
the world could not be more weird. And whatever we decide needs to happen for us to collectively say enough is enough. Let's go back to nature. Bring it on. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> okay, let's take, a, let's take a breath together. Breathe in deeply with me for a second through your nose and let your breath out slowly through your mouth. Oh, that sounds like a nice big bogey up your nose, bro. Definitely a bogey. <sighs> Over 90 minutes into this podcast, how are you feeling right now? Thank you for listening this far. Maybe you're feeling motivated for change. Maybe you're disagreeing with a lot of what I'm saying. If that is the case, well done for listening on. We can disagree and still love each other, no? Maybe you're feeling waves of depression like me during this time, or maybe this brings up feelings of anxiety. Perhaps you're feeling ready for change, but have no idea where to begin. Me too. Personally, I'm feeling some deep emotions when diving into topics like this. So much potential for growth. Just a matter of transmuting darkness into light. The very act of writing this podcast has been a journey for me. Another self-served invitation for more inner work. And I'm, I know I'm speaking about a lot of uncomfortable topics potentially, which I'm sure I'm going to get some interesting reactions to. Which reminds me, please do write me a review via Instagram story. Tag me at Benjam. Or better yet, go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review and maybe a little comment about something you've related to that might have helped you. Um, that's a really nice way to support this podcast. I appreciate that. This kind of like alternative thinking, um, I don't know how alternative my thinking is right now, but it certainly feels not very mainstream. It's relatively new for me in my current incarnation. The optimism I feel has been cultivated almost entirely from moving through my own dark chapters and challenges in life, which is why I'm sharing them. Like I was mentioning just now, especially the times I was forced to reconsider my victim mentality and asked to reprogram my mind as a matter of survival, born from a place always of extreme discomfort, I feel like we are collectively being asked to do the same. Again, I'm speaking about my optimism based only on my recent experiences with intense life changes. And this is simply in the hope that it might be calming for anybody listening who might also be moving through some similar feelings. Back in the day when I was uh, most of the time playing the victim role, I was actually disconnecting myself. I didn't know that until recently, but I was disconnecting myself from source, God, spirit, the universe, sky daddy, or whatever name you choose to give the creator. Um, and if you don't believe in a high, higher power, uh, try a slice of humble psilocybin mushroom pie certainly helped me release my atheistic views. Actually, don't do that. Don't take anything I say seriously. Anyway, to disconnect from spirit is to lose faith in everything being exactly as it's meant to be. When the ego rejects what is actually happening, it's saying, I can do a better job than God. The ego is quick to categorize events as good or bad, the way things should or shouldn't be. Either way, like I said before, everything is of God or nothing. And from this point of view, 
there are no mistakes. So we can forgive ourselves easily and collectively. Okay, here's a quick woke bro cheat code for you. The higher self or the soul understands that our external world is a reflection of our internal world, both individually and collectively. And therefore, from a spiritual perspective, each moment we don't like what we see is actually an invitation to go within and heal something, taking action over what we can control internally and then just having faith that everything externally will then hopefully fall into place when it's meant to. I've been learning to seek some refuge in this creator mindset to transcend, among other things, some of my th conditioned sort of 3D programming. I'm not going to go into any more details right now. If you want, check out episode one of the podcast for the story of sort of why I started New Perceptions. Um, but yeah, simply put, I was forced to make some tough choices in my life. Either take responsibility for all the bullshit and be grateful for the lessons and the mirrors or continue to play the victim, blame outside forces for my own suffering and ignore all the self-served invitations for growth. Have you ever seen that meme? There's a spirituality meme where there's a photo of a kid with his face in the dirt on the floor with a boot, like smothering the kid's face and pushing it into the ground. I think the meme is titled like what a spiritual awakening looks like. And the second image is a zoomed out version of the first where you see that the boot is actually like on the kid's arm and he's smushing his own face into the dirt. A spiritual awakening is really, that's a terrible like thing to do, trying to explain a meme on a podcast. I'm sorry, that's probably ruined it. But what it's saying is like a spiritual awakening is really just the realization that it's been me all along and I can't blame anybody else. So to quote Funkadelic, I knew at that time that I had to rise above it all or drown in my own shit. Don't get me wrong, I'm still up to my knees in shit. It definitely takes some time to even become aware of some of the lessons that are being served, let alone learn them and then integrate them into life. This healing journey has not been linear and my ego is repeatedly reminded that I cannot control also sometimes how my healing journey unfolds. So yeah, coronavirus is, I think, revealing all the victims and the creators in life right now. Finding gratitude in the suffering is like the joyful icing on the existential cake. The reason I mention this is because my initial response to the pandemic I noticed was optimistic, super optimistic compared to a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, I, I am not immune at all to the challenges this, this is creating. And really, we're only just kind of getting started on this chapter who knows what's going to happen in the future but for me well the last six years I've made a living working in the tourism industry and pretty much all of that work has been put on hold that revenue stream has been put on pause and I also co-own a kayaking tour company called Atlantic Outlook down here in Cape Town and this was our third summer season business was exploding and we're confident the company will weather this storm, but like all new small businesses, we need revenue to keep going. It's actually a really amazing business and I'm super proud of it. And 
the fact that we bring a lot of people into nature on kayaks, I'm super confident it's gonna make it through this. Making money online through my YouTube channel, etc., has changed over and over again uh, since I first started out seven years ago. I've had to pivot and switch revenue streams. It's something that I've just had to get used to in this kind of industry over the years. And since all these changes are out of my control right now, and actually now there are so many great opportunities to create new revenue streams that hopefully will be more in alignment with this sort of new earth economy that we're already transitioning into. Super interesting times. Unfortunately, no one I know has died from COVID-19. My family is safe and my grandma passed away earlier this year. And thankfully her soul transitioned before all the elderly were isolated. There must be so many old people that are so confused right now as to why nobody can, can come visit them. Breaks my heart when I think about that. Let's all have extra compassion for the elderly during this time. About two months ago, I was also guided to start a Patreon account, um, exploring ways to create a community, to share more of my journey, extra content, and connect with more people and be more vulnerable, all whilst hopefully financially supporting the continuation of this very podcast and the content that I share on YouTube, which is funding my general mission to live a free life and be of service to others. I just really kind of want to have a positive impact on the world. So a massive shout out to all of my Patreon tribe. I love you. I love you all, every single one listening to this. You don't, you don't have to... <laughs> my love is unconditional. You don't have to put money into my Patreon for me to receive my love. <sighs> Resilience, they say, is forged in the fires of uncertainty. The strength we will find during these times, I believe, will carry humanity into a new chapter of abundance. I think we're going to check in with our ego and our greed-based systems and learn from our lessons. I think many of us are going to grow and rise together. Many of us already are. Some will, of course, choose to go back to normal and maybe perpetuate their suffering and decline the invitation for growth until the next time. Hopefully the majority will not want to go back to business as usual. Like I was saying before, humans kind of have a tendency to keep themselves in pain just because it's familiar. Sometimes the ego will try and convince us that change is just too risky. Don't listen to that ego. All right, let's switch it up. I want to talk about food for a little bit. Initially, the COVID numbers were suggesting that the elderly are most at risk from this virus since generally they have compromised immune systems, obviously. However, more recently it's been suggested that a collapse in microbiome or poor gut health creates as much, if not more, vulnerability to COVID-19 than old age. Therefore, Poor nutrition is actually leaving many people unable to fight this virus. And since our outer world reflects our inner world, perhaps this virus is actually a symptom of the collapse of the biological systems of our planet from our gut health 
since it's connected to the food we consume, which alongside clean air and water is one of our most vital lifelines to earth. It's, it just feels like it's all connected. I've taken inspiration from a podcast uh, by one of my favorite humans, a guy named Rich Roll. Highly recommend his podcast. The one I'm talking about specifically is called Zach Bush, MD, on a pandemic of possibility. I'll link it in the show notes. Highly recommend Rich's podcast. Um, as well as this new podcast I've discovered called Third Eye Drops by a guy called Michael Phillip. Um, specifically, check out Mind Meld 194, Chaos, Quarantine, Love and Potential with Dr. Miles Neal. I'll also link that in the show notes. These podcasts and other content that I'm consuming that I feel is like really helpful for my journey, um, that's the kind of stuff that I am sh- will be sharing, that kind of information with my Patreon community. Um, if you sign up to the, uh, the Journey Tribe, we have a Facebook group, a private Facebook group, where I also do weekly live streams. So rewind back in the day, like 2003, I was 17 years old and I won the Marathon Kayaking Junior World Championships, which was really the moment I kind of identified myself as an athlete. And there's a reason athletes obsess over their nutrition is because we literally punish ourselves in training for tiny, tiny gains over a long period of time. And aside from needing all the fuel for that exertion, recovery from training is actually where the gains are made. Nutrition and sleep make up the foundation of physical development since our bodies need time to adapt to the physical stress. And I'm just giving some context to my interest in nutrition here. I've put myself through all sorts of food experiments in my life, some of my own and some from coaches, some more successful than others. Um, Trial and error testing, really, from drinking full-fat milk during a strength training session in the gym, like, what the fuck was I thinking? Carbohydrate loading before marathon races, back when that was trendy, and drinking liters and liters of all sorts of different protein shakes. My poor stomach. Um, And actually, just trying to survive some of the disgustingly low nutrition food that we were fed whilst away on... Um, some of our Great Britain training camps for weeks and weeks on end. I was out there wondering why my guts were in turmoil sometimes and why I kept getting sick over and over again. And, well, I I knew that it kind of came down to the low-quality food and the fact that I was overtraining a lot of the time. Interestingly, the year I focused on eating 90% animal products... Um, thanks to my coach at the time, Ian Wynn, who's an amazing human, Olympic bronze medalist, amazing coach. Um, That was the year that I won the Senior Marathon World Championships in 2010. Obviously, it wasn't the only factor, but focusing on my food more was the foundation of the consistent training I was able to do in that winter before the super successful season. I've since tried veganism also, which I've found challenging, but incredibly rewarding, mainly plant-based with a couple of eggs every now and then. That was working for me for a long time. And that's kind of still what my body really 
asked for most of the time is just veggies, lots of veggies. And I'm, I'm most of the time I'm mainly plant-based, but my body has been asking me recently to experiment again with eating some meat. Anyway, my point is I've always had an interest in nutrition. I feel like I'm very connected to the food that I eat now more than ever. I think now, like, with gut health being linked to immunity to a deadly pandemic virus, I think it's really important to explore what it really means to, like, participate in the modern food chain. That's kind of why I want to talk about food. And so with COVID-19 challenging our immune systems and our economy-dependent food supply, suddenly where our food comes from and how we acquire it is becoming a priority conversation as that's got to adapt and change. It's also a known fact that globally around 9 million people die of hunger and hunger-related diseases every single year. So I just want to recognize that any opportunity to even rethink or restructure how we eat is a privilege in itself when so many people are malnourished. And maybe as we emerge from this and create this some new food systems, we'll now also consider the 821 million people on the planet who are currently living but malnourished. Interestingly, 40 million of those people are in the US. If we want to learn from COVID-19 in order to better survive any future viruses, we need to make some significant changes to our relationship with food. Seems really clear. And since um, it is the planet that provides the food and everything else we need, I feel like healing our relationship with Mother Earth is kind of a vital step towards the continuation of our evolution as a species. Right now we are being kind of directed away from consuming more than we need, cutting back a little bit. And in this process of reduction of both food consumption and waste, we might discover that maybe it is actually possible to feed everyone on the planet if we decide to make the changes required to step into that reality timeline by giving more of a fuck about other humans, all humans. I can imagine in the future, as we move towards autonomy with our food, and I guess also the economy, that there could be room to build some amazing initiatives that are set up purely with the intention of helping to heal multiple aspects of our society. Let's take homelessness, for example. Since we're also on the topic of food, maybe it could be rad to educate and employ homeless people if they want to do it, in actually growing produce locally. Being homeless, I rate, is a pretty traumatic experience, let alone um, the experience of the journey that, that a soul would go on to find themselves on the receiving end of this system um, in so much discomfort and danger and without a, any kind of security, no home. That's it's so traumatic and it's also super healing to grow food and what a great way to like reconnect with the earth by directly working with the soil. Of course, this is just a random idea, but imagine being able to employ people to heal themselves somehow and at the same time heal the earth and community through um, 
well, really through equality and growing food. Local communities could support these initiatives by buying the produce from the little local farms. Unemployed and homeless people maybe get a chance to participate in this economy in a way that might also make them feel like they have a, a purpose that is massively respected and needed in a community. You could call it like vagrant veggies or rough patch produce, both terrible names, or maybe even allotments for love. This is just an idea, of course. I don't know how to do something like that, but I'd fucking support it. And I love chatting about ideas. It's one of my favorite things to do. And uh, I'm certainly from now on also going to try and buy my veggies from local farms or markets whenever I can. And then directly support the systems that are less likely to collapse when the next crisis inevitably hits us. Guys, I love chatting about ideas. Any of my close friends will tell you that I am not afraid to explore an idea, especially when I'm high. I believe ideas have their own consciousness and they want to be manifested. So we receive this idea in the back of the head, maybe. And my ego claims it and goes, hey guys, I just had this awesome idea. Listen to me. Meanwhile, what's actually happened is source or God or whatever has decided to gift me with an idea with its own consciousness in the hope that it will be manifested from the thoughts in my head, in my mind, actually into physical creative action through the vessel of my human body. So when it comes to ideas, don't be afraid to let your imagination kind of decode these ideas that are coming in that want to be manifested and co-created, birthed into this physical realm, a collaboration between you in your temporary spacesuit and source or spirit or God or the universe. That's art, that's creating, that's the divine act action that comes through us from taking an idea that's been gifted and manifesting and creating something that other people can experience. Besides, who are we to let the stubbornness of free will control the destiny of a whole species? In each of us, I reckon, is the opportunity to manifest such impactful ideas, especially when we get together. Whatever the lessons are that COVID-19 is serving us, maybe the key to learning is actually surrendering to just being guided to almost get out of the way. So in this, I think, are many great opportunities to celebrate these new ideas, ideas that serve to make us feel like love is winning in the world. When we collectively manifest ideas that really change people's lives for the better, it makes us feel amazing. Here's a great example, and you might have seen it in the vlog that I put out recently. When I was in London, I was in a toilet and... Um, you don't need to know where the toilet was or anything, but there was the toilet roll in there on the packaging. It said 50% of the proceeds of this toilet roll go to building sanitary toilets in places in the world that need um, toilets that don't have sanitary toilets. So we all wipe our asses. So why are we buying toilet roll 
where 50% of the proceeds don't go to helping build toilets. Like, these are really cool ideas. Let's all just vote with our money and buy the toilet roll that helps people. And I just am really excited about um, moving into this sort of age where we can create sustainable businesses that also serve humanity. So yeah, great opportunity to celebrate new ideas. And by putting energy into the compassionate ideas that help people who need help, I think we're then participating in stewarding the energy of love that I think will reshape the way that we treat each other and the planet. So this chapter is kind of unearthing all the ways that we've been neglecting to look after those that need help the most. But sometimes we need to shine a big fuck off floodlight into the shadows to see the growth that is available to us. I fucking know that's what's been happening for me. I'm in my little reality tunnel over here. And yeah, it's not comfortable or easy a lot of the time. I mean, with this journey, it does get a little easier over time, I guess. But yeah, I get a lot of ideas come to me. And most of the time I don't put much physical energy behind them. And it kind of frustrates me. Um, but something I'm learning is to not feel guilty about it. I have a tendency to put a lot of productivity pressure on myself. That's a real thing, especially during lockdown, especially with so much privilege. I should be smashing it. This is, this is like the do, do, do energy that I'm trying to navigate. Anyway, let's come back to the topic of fear for a second. We're going to keep talking about food later. Realistically, all of our immune systems are going to be challenged by coronavirus. There is plenty of evidence also to suggest that we, that when we're in the vibration of fear, our immune systems are significantly weakened. So couple the emotion of fear with our unimaginably powerful minds and we manifest our reality based on the programmed agreements and beliefs of how life works. I think there's an interesting topic of conversation to be had around the notion that fear could well be a key component in the spread of a virus since the virus also th thrives on hosts that have low immunity. We also know that we are navigating the age of fake news right now, the fertile ground, of course, for cultivating fear through our screen addiction. More often than not, the purpose for mainstream media is actually to propagate nationalism, is to spread and breed separation and continue this old us versus them story with an intention of then being able to control the public's reaction to an emergency situation like a pandemic. And we know fear is a low vibrational state, but it's not one to just ignore, of course. All emotions are to be honored, all of them. However, fear is a short-term emergency mode that is in incredible, actually. And it's enabled humans and all other animal species to survive since the dawn of time. It's really helped us, but it's a loophole in our biology that um, politicians rely on to create a tribal us versus them mentality, which I think is 
mostly a big circus to kind of distract us from some gnarly shit that's no doubt going on that we have no idea about. I think most of us have probably felt and have known for some time that the information we receive from the mainstream media is tailored to fit the agendas of the corporations who own and distribute this so-called news. And anyone who's interested in maintaining sovereignty in their mind, emotions and actions will intuitively sense the misaligned information and choose not to agree with it um, and just observe this weird light show without getting hypnotized by it. Not only does fear bring us together to help fight a common enemy, but it also makes us incredibly easy to manipulate. It's in our nature to turn to leaders that we trust to guide us to safety. That's how we work together to survive. However, the humans that are currently running the show are clearly not very trustworthy. And we know that also on a biological level, the vibration of fear sends all energetic resources into survival mode, which shuts down, among other things, our immune system. Not at all what we want during a pandemic, yet this is the energy that's being transmitted. So keeping this in mind and observing the way that the news is presented to us, it feels like on the one hand they are saying this virus is terrible, we will save you from it, we want the best for you, Please trust us. And yet at the same time, quite obviously creating fear that they must know is crippling our immunity. It just seems backwards. Like it actually doesn't feel like real life sometimes. I'm kind of baffled at how this is all perceived as normal. And at the other end of the emotional spectrum, at the other end we have love, compassion, hope, gratitude, willpower. And from these high-frequency, heart-centered vibrational states of being, we can be more present, less in our minds, able to make rational, informed, and compassionate decisions, and we are much stronger together. And when we take care of each other, this is us living far from this like illusion of separation. We are a lot less easy to manipulate or control. It's far more easy for us to identify what is healthy for us, and we look out for each other. Um, and when we lead from the heart, we aren't in competition with each other and our immune systems aren't being shut down and we trust our intuition way more. Um, we trust ourselves. Perhaps these are the new skills that we can cultivate to maintain freedom in our minds and subsequently in our actions too, to take the power back. That means to live presently, moment to moment, and to feel the messages that our body is giving us. Our intuition is our guidance system. But this too can be hijacked by the mind and its stories, letting our emotions run riot. And then we're straight back to fear-based obedience. Simply put, when we are calm, we are connected to our higher selves. And it's easy for us to listen to our intuition and then receive the guidance that we need from within and then it's much more easy also for us to separate the truthful information from that which is trying to manipulate and control us i know that although my mind is a wonderful part of my body i am not my mind i am also not my thoughts but i am actually the witness of them 
And from the place of witness, I can then choose how to respond. Of course, we trust our instincts. When we jump out the way of a car that's run a red light, there's no questioning it, no need to rationalize. The body, hopefully, just moves the fuck out of the way. And it's like you weren't even in control in that moment. It all just kind of happens on its own. We trust that level of intuition. But if there's no immediate danger, we can pause, calm our mind, control our emotions, do the RAIN acronym, and then respond rationally. Now, this is a skill that I'm still learning through meditation and mindfulness practice. And it's something that can be practiced in any moment throughout the day, like constantly. It's just kind of doing life, really. The mind is incredibly powerful, like I was saying before, and it can run your whole emotional body without some kind of practice of mindfulness. And I think now more than ever, we need to take back our cerebral liberty and choose to replace the old stories with more positive thoughts, more positive affirmations and optimistic outcomes. Let our imaginations run wild with the possibilities of peace to bring a calming sense of ease. And from there, we can then make the right choices as we surrender to that which we can't control. What better time than now to start manifesting some kind of mindfulness practice? Definitely being in lockdown has been testing myself and I'm sure many of us who already have to work at staying on top of our anxiety. And there's so many new challenges right now. It's super important that we stay positive during these times. And if and when you become aware that you are in the vibration of fear, try not to shame yourself or others for feeling this very human emotion. After all, we are living in super uncertain times. Feel that fear, acknowledge it, witness it in the body. And I try not to identify with it. I try not to be like, I'm feeling fear, I'm feeling fear. No, the body is feeling fear. All emotions are trying to tell us something. But once we get the message, there's no need to wallow if it doesn't feel good. From the empowered standpoint of the creator mindset, everything is an opportunity for growth through accountability and discomfort. Right now, I think we're being asked to address our dependency on all sorts of false comforts, false security. But since our gut health is determining so much of our capacity for survival right now, I think it's important to focus on our food systems again, which seem to be evolving as a consequence of our outdated ideas of what a fair economy looks like. So back to food. In this podcast, I'm trying to imagine optimistic outcomes of the changes that the pandemic is creating. Food is arguably our most critical need in life, along with clean water, air, and of course love from each other, community. So in the light of discovering how dependent modern domesticated humans are on a system that supplies us with food so easily into our supermarkets, we've become really dependent on that. How can we move towards a more autonomous future with our nutrition in a way that's also harmonious with the planet? Now I'm speaking about autonomy because the less dependent we are upon systems that are ultimately out of our control, the less fear we might have when thinking about the inevitable disasters of life in the future um, that might cause those systems to collapse again. So the collectively agreed upon consumer-driven economy 
demands subsidized food prices. We always want cheaper food bills so that we can allocate more money to invest in fancy cars and shoes rather than high quality food. The consumption of poor quality food clearly leads to more expensive medical bills from all the health issues that are historically created by long-term consumption of low nutrition food. The opportunity then, therefore, might be to double check the supply chain, understand like where is our food coming from, who grew it, and to me, most importantly, what with what intention? If the intention is to supply local communities with highly nourishing food that is sustainably produced in harmony with the environment, then that's great. And we know that low-cost mass-produced food is significantly deficient of nutrients for loads of reasons, like being grown in soil that is actually devoid of nutrients in the first place, um, often harvested or picked before it's ripe, sprayed with chemicals and transported in unnatural conditions to then lengthen the shelf life, imported from overseas or grown out of season full of preservatives. This is a topic that's been on the edge of my radar, um, but I don't think I'm alone in recently becoming a little bit more interested in understanding what it is I'm actually eating, especially since gut health is now directly impacting our immune systems and we're trying to survive a pandemic. So compare this shit food to organic, pesticide-free, seasonal, locally produced food that's from a farm that you know and trust, that is in harmony with the seasons and the soil and nature and everything. I think it's fair to assume that consuming that high-nutrient food that's been created and cultivated with the intention of lovingly nourishing other humans, I think consuming that would have a positive impact on our gut health and that would rebuild and strengthen our immune systems among all the other benefits of eating highly nutritious food, which would then leave us less susceptible to disease and therefore less dependent also on the state healthcare and less dependent on the pharmaceutical industry that literally relies on a malnourished population for their profit. It seems likely also that this virus may have originated from eating animal products. We can't ignore the invitation to discuss the collective's emotional disconnection from the 60 billion animals that are globally killed each year for human consumption. All of these animals are experiencing the exact same emotions as us. They are sentient beings. Now feel into that 60 billion and tell me that that's somehow in harmony with nature. I don't believe that shit. Not only that, pretty much all of these sentient beings, no, yeah, pretty much all of these sentient beings spend their short lives in probably the most incredibly traumatic, toxic environments you can imagine. Literal hell on earth. Makes me think maybe nature is like balancing out the karmic books with this chapter that we're in right now. Anyway, my own personal journey away from animal products into a more plant-based diet has had profoundly positive health implications for me physically. I highly recommend it. Not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. My relationship with food is changing all the time. I am not vegan. I eat what my body is asking for. And I have no attachment to any label. And I don't want to join sides or play any ego duality separation games by categorizing my 
diet. But eating plant-based food is unavoidably a great way to heal our connection firstly to ourselves and then also the planet for the simple reason that it cultivates this kind of deep awareness of the body and its relationship to the food that goes into it. It's like a healing journey just being vegan for a little bit. I'm very interested in learning and sharing more about the other benefits that can be derived from a highly nutritious diet. I love food and I want to get an expert on here and we can talk about all the good things like that, um, including being intentional around what we eat, it being such a huge act of self-love. Um, and I guess what a privilege. Let's check some privilege right now. What a privilege it is to have the time and energy and resources to nourish our incredible bodies with any kind of self-love. Not just food, but sleep, exercise, mindfulness practices, meditation, breath work, even socializing with people who accept and celebrate you, who make you feel loved just for being yourself. All these acts of self-love can change our lives moment to moment once we decide that we deserve them and let them in. Anyway, I digress. So now I'm imagining a not-so-distant future where more of us are growing our own food, even if it's just a few herbs on a balcony. No, not those kinds of herbs, these scallywags. Actually, why not? Luckily, down here in Cape Town, I do have a balcony, and I loved my balcony before the lockdown began. But right now, a few weeks in, my appreciation for this small outdoor space has increased every day. So when it comes to food, let us at the very least question where it is coming from. As my physical and mental health ascend to the top of my priority list, I do find myself investing more energy, time and money into my diet. I think it, what's actually happening is I've quite savagely reallocated money and funds away from stuff I don't need and towards my priorities. And then asking, actually, where else can I save some money so I can spend it on even more high-quality food? Side note, I feel like... I'm actually more connected with my food and my body than ever before. And the more I invest in my nutrition, the better I am at kind of doing life. It really seems to be that simple. It's a really strong foundation for doing life. But since we're being forced to stay at home, I'm actually also cooking a lot more. It's such a powerful act of self-love to invest time into food preparation. And I'm saving money by eating out less. I've been fasting occasionally too, which has been epic, by the way. And so any money I spend on food now, I know is money well spent. It's a sound investment in my immunity, in my health. And what a privilege to even have the funds to reallocate. What a privilege to have aspects of my life that I can cut away, like a Netflix account. Or maybe just reallocate that $10 a month to Gaia TV. It's way more interesting. Anyway... When crisis hits, we're like, what do we need? What do we really need? Clean water, good food, air, shelter, love. We need each other. We don't really need a big ass TV. And it seems kind of weird to spend like $150 on sneakers right now. Like that seems to have like fallen away on the priority scale. Especially since we're just staying indoors and like, well, maybe $150 on slippers, like some beautiful little indoor foot warmers. That makes more sense right now. But do I need a swanky car on finance? Economic growth, 
of course, is dependent on our belief that we need these things to be satisfied with our lives. Now, I don't want to shit on the creative side of fashion. I love expressing myself through the clothes I wear. Fascinating. Um, but it's really kind of become like this gross ego game uh, from my perception of it anyway. And let's be honest, if you're spending $250 on a t-shirt that has the word Gucci on it, it's likely because you think you need other people to see you as financially successful and therefore important. And it makes sense. And fuck, it works. Money is power. We are all participating in this economy, playing the game to survive. But when you need a $200 Supreme t-shirt to feel powerful, that's when I think the economy is starting to play you, playing on insecurities. I think that's pretty much how the game works. Um, and there are many people making moves in the fashion industry right now, holding a more eco-friendly and ego-friendly ethical vision, just like um, stories behind things. Go check them out on Instagram if you're interested, at stories behind things. They're a really cool movement celebrating sustainable fashion. Um, and I guess my point is <laughs> that right now we have a chance to ask like, what is important to us? Because if, like me, you still hold some attachment to owning material things in order to feel successful, that's definitely something I I feel. Uh, or if you need them to feel more lovable, this might be a good time to kind of find some awareness around which of your desires are based on this programmed definition of success that's prescribed by those who profit from the from the insecurities that actually cause people to buy these things in the first place. Maybe now's the time to let that one go. By all means, buy whatever your heart truly desires. Like I'm not telling anybody what to do in this scenario. I'm just kind of making some suggestions. But yeah, I think we're moving into a chapter where we don't really need to participate in the low vibrational games of an economy that's profiting from our insecurities. Have nice things, have whatever you want. No shame in our divine desires, especially if you've got money coming out your ears. And I want a fucking Tesla one day for sure. And I want a house with a swimming pool in and a sauna. But I know that my feeling of self-worth is not dependent on having those things. So yeah, I think COVID-19 is an opportunity to kind of reflect on what is really important to us moving forwards. When I think back personally to all the money I used to spend on so much shit I thought I needed... I have to laugh. I have to laugh because I've forgiven myself for my lack of awareness and since taking responsibility for that half-blind obedience, my search for happiness and social validation through the abstract collective dream of material wealth solving all my problems. And thank fuck I never got into the shoe game. Although I almost went there and I might still have to go there. It depends how much money I'm going to earn in my lifetime. I fucking dig shoe design. I also really enjoy cars. Oh, and I fucking love my gifted Omega Seamaster expensive watch, which just works all the time. It's a beautiful watch. It makes me fucking feel like James Bond. Big fan. None of my human desires are to be shamed. They are part of my story. I'm just now becoming aware of which ones are needed and which ones 
like my expensive watch, simply make my ego feel important and successful. Okay, so since being in lockdown, I've really started to understand how much I took for granted being outdoors in nature and how uncomfortable it is for me to have to stay inside in isolation for long periods of time. I'm extremely grateful for each moment I get to spend out in nature now. Here in Cape Town, I'm usually swimming in the Atlantic Ocean every morning. I'm hiking the mountains. I'm walking barefoot on beaches, connecting directly with Mama Gaia. All that was taken away, and I thought I was going to be okay. I thought I was going to be super zen, but no, a few weeks in, I'm losing my shit. Thankfully, since the 1st of May, we've been allowed out to exercise between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. here in Cape Town which I think has actually saved me from going into quite a deep state of depression and neurosis as I slowly struggle to maintain any kind of woke bro zen without my much needed nature fix to help me along. Anyway, despite the isolation, I think most people are taking advantage of this opportunity actually to connect with each other. I certainly have. Most of us have had a lot more time on our hands And yes, this is also an opportunity to create COVID-19 memes. We need comedy right now. And maybe, maybe it's the time to forget what's happening for a moment and just like numb out. Um, Maybe smash through a Netflix series or play Fortnite or whatever the latest addictive screen thing is. Whatever it is you need to get through, do it. And just because I don't play computer games doesn't mean I don't also escape reality. I just do it in different ways. Like studying astrology. (laughs) I fucking love astrology. But let's not ignore the invitation to move past these distractions sometimes that are disconnecting us from reality. And considering we're in a crisis, yes, we need hilarious memes. Do not stop making the memes. That's a given. But what happens when we move away from the comfort of the distractions that we put in front of us and actually take the time to sit with ourselves quietly? We definitely need each other more than ever. So thank God for all this technology that is allowing us to stay in communication with each other despite geographical distance. I'm certainly feeling super grateful for being able to FaceTime or Zoom call whilst in isolation. It's Yeah, it's weird not being able to hug people. But can you imagine navigating this pandemic like 20 years ago with dial-up internet and text messages that cost like five pence a go? In this post-COVID-19 chapter that is approaching, I think the invitation is going to be to go back to a more simple life and really find joy and happiness in the small, simple little moments that are eternally going by and to feel warmth, the deep warmth of gratitude for the things that we previously maybe took for granted just a few months ago. There really are like infinite possibilities within each moment from which we can find gratitude. Each moment is an opportunity to arrive in the now and feel into the fact that we are here. We are here right now and you have life force energy running through a biological miracle that we call the body, your heart continues to beat all by itself. You don't have to think about breathing the air that we need to sustain life. 
through the constant supply of oxygen that comes from plants that we share this planet with. Luckily for us, our weird little squishy lung sacs keep hoovering up the air and somehow it takes the oxygen molecules out of each breath and puts it into our blood that our heart pumps automatically around our body up to our brain where the red liquid knows where to drop off the oxygen and then remove carbon dioxide in order that we sustain consciousness and survive all whilst having self-awareness that this is happening constantly with no apparent exit from this incomprehensible experience that language is seemingly unable to substantiate. Our fucking skin regrows itself, guys. Our ears... Okay, I'm sounding crazy now, but like... Our ears can locate sound 360 degrees relative to our position. Is that not a miracle? Our eyes convert light frequencies into information that our brains can interpret so we can fucking see where we exist in this third dimension of space in order that we survive longer. Oh, and we can recreate human life through what is, in my experience, the most pleasurable thing we can do. Smush our genitals together. Yeah, life is fucking wild, and we are here for it. Feeling grateful for it all, it can be so rewarding when you just strip it back and make it a little bit more simple. Okay, story time. Recently, when my own life didn't feel like a blessing at all. Cue sad music. I was pessimistic about my journey and very regretful in my choices and feeling like the victim of my life. I didn't believe I would ever feel okay again. And I still feel like that sometimes, but nowhere near as often. And I don't dwell in those lower frequencies if I can help it. Whenever I feel depressed, the same sort of pattern presents itself. Usually my ego is resisting some changes that need to happen in my life. And, um, the ego, of course, is here for survival. It would rather barely survive in the known than risk moving into the unknown and potential death to an aspect of my identity that I find comfort in every time I have to let go of something that isn't serving my recovery in my healing journey. That journey towards peace and happiness then continues to proceed forwards. Um, Easier said than done, definitely. And it can take some time to even become aware of what change looks like in terms of big life choices. But I've also come to realize that, fuck, this is the game that I've chosen to play here on Earth, along with all my brothers and sisters, you guys. I'm just, we're all just out here doing our best and all just kind of finding out how to do the right thing, moment to moment, day by day. And what I can say from my two-year excursion away from the conventional approach to being a human is that I love being on a mission. I love seeking a much deeper and more fulfilling human experience for myself. I love to try my best in navigating from a place of love and always with the intention of being present for as much of this unfolding gift called life as possible. So how does this relate to COVID-19? Well, I believe anyone seeking to manifest and improve reality for themselves can benefit from also believing that it is possible that we are already 
on a timeline that aligns with your dream life. You are exactly where you're meant to be right now. This is the right of every soul that comes to earth to know deeply that you are deserving of and capable of giving and receiving unlimited amounts of love with no conditions attached, just for existing, just for being here. And anything that's causing you to believe otherwise is probably a story that you've agreed to sometime in your life. But these stories can be rewritten if you want. And in the light of all this extreme change that is happening that's out of our control, it's so powerful to accept fully that this is all part of the journey that we've always had free will. And we get to choose where our story goes from here. Anything is possible from this moment constantly. <sighs> Man, that's deep. Okay, on with the podcast. So the relentless unfolding journey this is the best part of life it's the only part really and here's what i think just in case you're interested the eternal soul that is the truth of who i am signed up to come down here to earth to be here right now right now i know i'm speaking a lot about me <laughs> But I am the host of this podcast and I can really only speak from my own experience when it comes to having conversations about changes in my perception of life and how the world works and stuff like that. And it's why I started this podcast. And if you've got this far listening, maybe, maybe you can relate to feeling like you're also a soul on a mission. I don't know. Maybe my ego is just still searching for some kind of identity. Either way, here we are. Okay, now we're getting deep. This is where it gets interesting. This is the bit I love. And I don't know, I'm pretty sure this is relevant to COVID-19 in some way or another, who knows. Um, I do love listening to myself talk though, so there is that. Anyway, as souls, we are pure love and we come here to learn soul lessons through karmic cycles, to shine brightly and bless the world with our unique gifts that are much needed now more than ever and probably simply existing in the frequency of love is a gift to the world just in itself i believe that ultimately we are all from the one source right and in our eternal essence we are all the same i am you you are me it's all energy all from the creative force of love connected through our shared um, collective consciousness but it's a temporary illusion that is afforded to us by the nature of duality that's why we came here to learn through yin yang the scale dark to light father sky mother earth and if you think it's pretty wild existing in a meat suit that breathes on its own and is programmed to literally fight for survival just wait until we start to uncover our true collective powers as we come together, each with our own unique gifts to help each other. I mean, we do it after every single crisis, right? After 9-11, like avalanches of compassion from people helping each other out. Uh, every single time there's some kind of nightmare situation, we come together and we help each other in ways that we... 
and we're capable of so much when we aren't fighting each other in this fear of lack. And now how can we get into that mindset without having to go through the trauma? That's the question. But unique gifts are exactly that. They're unique. What that looks like is different for everybody and every aspect of each of our journeys is to be totally celebrated. But yeah, just as much as everything matters, nothing matters at all. So I'm over here, I'm figuring, well, I might as well strap in for the ride, follow my heart, go for it, since nothing really matters. Or sit and scroll Instagram and bitch about how unfair my life is, which is a favorite pastime of mine as well, which of course then I'm manifesting a reality which will confirm whatever those beliefs are that I'm bitching about. And that's on the individual level, but since we're all part of the web of collective consciousness together, we also call in these lessons that we all need to learn to grow and evolve and live in harmony from. Sometimes the mirrors and the challenges in my life are simply, simply asking me to love myself more. Right now, I think the planet is asking us to love ourselves more. She knows that only once we actually love ourselves fully, will we then be able to love her fully? What individual adjustments am I being asked to make in my world that will allow me to align with a reality that harmonizes with the planet more, based in truth, with more love, with more passion, with more gratitude, more service, maybe more affection, I don't know, a life of more intimacy, definitely more presence. I think it's, it's our birthright to experience life um, with free will like a life of love and purpose and intention. This COVID-19 chapter is bringing to the surface all the aspects of myself that don't make me feel good anymore. I'm being tested. I'm being asked to leave things behind that aren't going to work in this new world that's going to emerge from this. The practice, of course, is to love myself, including not just the light parts, but the dark parts too. I'm also now trying to anchor this feeling of joy. Each time I'm feeling joy and happiness, so that over time, hopefully, it becomes easier to come back to if I'm really anchored and present for that experience. I'm also bringing love to all the tender parts of me that need healing right now, all the compassionate, empathic aspects of me, and all the selfish, egotistical parts that I've needed for survival until now. Every last little messy life chapter that's comprising of all these so-called mistakes that I've made. I love it all. I say, thank you so much. You've gotten me this far. I love you. And then I let them go. <sighs> so as I feel into this collective experience, I kind of have to lean into optimism because the weight of pessimism is really heavy right now. And I don't think it's healthy for me to hang out there so with an optimistic heart-centered feeling let's imagine what kind of reality we would choose to move into here on earth if we had the choice of anything at all because if i've learned any kind of woke bro cheat codes about manifestation it's that it starts in our creative imaginations and now individually that's some powerful reality shifting shit but collectively to collaborate on an emerging dream born of optimism and love, that would be some revolutionary 
evolutionary, planetary, and cosmic consciousness shit. That's what I'm fucking here for. So let's get those untamed, undomesticated imaginations firing together. Release them. Together we can reimagine any kind of world that we want. Maybe, just maybe, we are already on that dream life timeline. And this is the pivotal moment that humanity really needed to start to lean into love. So moving forwards, I challenge you to express your gratitude to someone every day. Find someone or or as many people as you can every day, really directly to them. Try and make them feel, feel how grateful you are for them or for something that's happened. Sink then into that expansiveness of the simple and beautifully rich shared moments of life and be there for them. Use this time to cultivate that ability to be present and remember to feel the love that others are giving you too. Receiving love is a practice. Receive it and let it nourish you. Be grateful for it and then continue to cultivate it within yourself always so you can also share love with other people. We're in a chapter, I believe, of awakening to the truth that we are and have always been love in our essence. And to me, all of this miraculous beauty of planet Earth and everything is overwhelming evidence that love is the driving force of life on this planet, on this in this biosphere, this planetary ecological system that we are one with. It is for life in totality. It is never against life. And maybe if there's a pandemic, like a deadly virus that is threatening to kill us and dismantle the way we exist on a planet that promotes life, maybe we are out of alignment with nature. Maybe we need to reconnect with our Mother Earth, with ourselves also. But maybe this is another cautionary signal from the planet that we are living an illusion of separation, that we are destroying our home, And what harm could possibly come from just trying to move slightly back into alignment? But yeah, we're going to get through this, guys. This too shall pass. What an incredible time to be here witnessing this awakening. Participating in discovering that we have had the power all along. And that love will always prevail. So choose faith over fear. I believe in you all and sending you so much unconditional love, you beautiful souls. And uh, yeah, this is me, over and out. Thank you for listening. (sighs) Well done for making it to the end of the podcast, you legend. Um, Thank you for dropping by. If you feel like you enjoyed this podcast uh, and you want to help support, either head on through to patreon.com forward slash Brown and check out our Patreon community there or simply head to iTunes and maybe leave a review, maybe a little five-star review to help other people find the podcast and maybe write a little thing about how, what you think about the podcast. And if you love this song that's playing right now, how chilled is this vibe? 
Mm, I love it. It was playing at the Patreon advert that I did at the start of this podcast. And you were probably listening to this podcast, but also in the back of your mind, just like, who is this? Well, it's called By the River, and it's by an artist, a friend of mine, who goes by the name of Ed Apollo, E-D-A-P-O-L-L-O. You can find him on Spotify. I'm going to link him in the show notes as well. Go and check out this sick track. Thank you, Ed, for letting me use them. Yeah, don't forget to go and check out my YouTube channel for like over a thousand videos up there from my whole life, it seems. <laughs> um, there's videos over the last two years that I've uploaded that you might find interesting based on some of the uh, new perceptions that I've moved into. And I've done a, a fair amount of sharing over the last two years and I'm also continuing to upload videos even though the frequency is not very consistent yet. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much to everybody. Oh, and also I have a Spotify if you're interested in music. I fucking love music and I love playlisting and I'm a Pisces, right? So I love to soundtrack my life and disappear into the medicine of music to help me turn my reality into more of a entertainment movie. I don't know how good that is for my psychology or what that says about me and my relationship with reality but I will say this music is medicine so come and check out my Spotify playlists just search for Mr. Ben Brown or one word um, or go to my Instagram and check out my link tree on those little smart little link tree things in there so that's got all the links that you need that's why it's called the link tree for the other stuff that I'm sharing that I think you might be interested in and then you can kind of go and explore the digital frequencies that I sort of accumulate and package into little edits and then birth onto the digital web for the consumption of whoever might be inclined to click on them as they scroll through what seems like a never-ending universe of information that we have access to on the internet at the moment. So. I think with that massive amount of information, it's quite clear that if you do come across some kind of video, aside from the algorithms obviously like harvesting your interests to better position advertising, they also are better positioning like videos and stuff. So if you think of the internet as being like its own weird consciousness in a way, um, it is making choices for us to deliver different information to us. So if maybe we think of the internet as being really good and that it's gonna deliver us every now and then some information that's actually really important for our path, then I guess that's where we come in as humans because we can override those algorithms and take a link and send it to someone that we think as a human from a human level might actually be interested in that content, which I think is why it's so important to share stuff. That's why I share links to podcasts often that's why I share music often, because we're bringing the human element into the internet instead of just being told what we should and shouldn't like or should and shouldn't consume. We can actually work in symbiosis with this weird conscious digital web that's kind of pulsating, using each of our devices to keep itself alive. It's kind of weird. 
But yeah, let's bring some human element into it. Maybe share this podcast or any of my other content with someone who you think might resonate with it. Um, It's kind of how the whole thing works. Thank you for the collaboration opportunities. I love you guys. And this is the actual end of the podcast. So if you've made it this far, you are enlightened.